there welcome to bros watch pll2 i'm benjamin light and i'm marcus parks and today we're talking about s5 e6 run alley run this is going to be our two hour and 16 minute episode we're gonna try to rein this into under two hours can't make any promises can't make any promises uh yeah so we're just about the midpoint of the 5a season written by janelle lennon directed by norman buckley yeah, this is uh, episode six out of you know season five. The Christmas special airs exactly seven days from today. So, mm. again, apologies, we're not going to be caught up. We've already apologized for that. Still, we, we're going to give people just, a just a reminder: a Christmas recap on Christmas of the Christmas episode. That's very Christmassy of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I I need to redo the song, put some sleigh bells in or something. Some sleigh bells. Yes. Um. So. We pick up right where we left off last week. All of, our, yeah. all of our main characters are there in the street looking at the remains of Toby and Jenna's house. Their text messages have just gone off. They look at them. We see that it's just the girls who got them, and it's an A message. It's the greatest A message ever. <laughs> Did you miss me, bitches? A. Yes. <laughs> Allie's like, it's from A. And Ezra's like, what does it say? And you kind of wonder if like Ezra feels a little left out right now. Yeah. They didn't get an A text. Well, I think, yeah, I think in this, this episode, especially, Ezra really thinks he's one of the girls. Mm hmm. Ari's like, did you miss me, bitches? And he's like, it can't be. Sean is dead. And they're all looking around, and Hannah's just like, where's Toby? Spencer's like, I don't know. And then Toby's house explodes again. Like, it just, it explodes and explodes and explodes in this opening sequence. It just keeps blowing up more and more. Mm hmm. Uh, the liars all get knocked to the ground. Uh, by the way, did you notice Spencer has like a new X-Men trench coat that she's wearing? Yeah, yeah, she does. That has like a zipper that goes all the way up to the shoulder on her cuff for some reason. Totally. I don't even know what that does. Totally normal. Um, but yeah, so this house is exploding and exploding and exploding. They all get knocked down. Um, it's amazing. Little, little Tulpa theory here. Both Caleb and, and Ezra are comforting their, their women there while the others are not. Hmm. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So from the explosion, we fade to black, and then the credits. Uh, we it's a joke. pretty neat explosion because it just keeps going off and going off. Well, maybe Toby just died. Wouldn't that be cool? Well, we've joked many times that maybe the fire will give him a haircut. Uh, several mm-hmm. people uh, chimed in to point out to us that uh, uh, Harry King Island's hair, you know, was getting so big because he was going to donate it. So uh, that just takes all the fun out of it. We want to thank you, Locks of Love, for all the work you do, the good work you do, but also for taking that descent into follicle madness off of our hands. Can you imagine somebody's out there right now walking around with Toby's hair? <laughs> Just ponder that. Some John's got like a new lease on life. I feel like like if you were that person, you'd have to like hunt down and kill Keegan Allen now. Well, can there be only one? Also, with his hair, do you get like a free pre-order to the book? Life, Love, Beauty. Yeah. Life, love, beauty, hair. Um, so after the credits, we're looking at a view of the crime scene from Emily's bedroom window. It's still the nighttime. It's just a little bit later. Uh, Arya's looking out the window at all of this, admiring this madness. Admiring this, her uh, handiwork. This chaos and cacophony. Uh, we see that Spencer's on the phone with Toby. We find out that nobody was in the house, but 
Toby's dad broke his leg trying to avoid a tree print tree branch falling down, which is yeah, I think funny. it was brought up uh, several episodes ago. Who would play Toby's dad if they were ever going to show that guy? Yeah, I have no idea. I just I can't even fathom it. What did I say? I wanted Tommy Wiseau or uh, uh, the original Beast from Beauty and the Beast, uh, Hellboy, Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Ron <laughs> Perlman's am, a little old. I am not the person of whom you should fuck, Toby. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, so we see that the five girls are all in Well, the dad here. broke his leg trying to avoid a tree coming down. I would have liked to have seen that. Oh, my leg! Did Toby have to, like, drag him away from the uh, the rubble? I guess so, yeah. Toby's just like, you're gonna live, damn it! Um, Toby's hair is on fire. Yeah. <laughs> like Michael Jackson? Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, well, it could have been worse. And Spencer says, yeah, you know, Caleb's with him at the hospital, which... It's kind of funny that they sent Caleb to go, like, bro down with Toby at the hospital. But could this mean the Hardy Bros right again? I think so. Um, I think they're off on an adventure right now. But See, this is why I like this show. Because presumably, Liars realizes that they all needed a debrief. And so, Caleb went to go volunteer to help Toby. But Arya must have turned to Ezra and just been like, hey, leave. <laughs> <laughs> and Ezra's like, hey, Caleb and Toby, do you need me to come to the hospital? And they're like, no. Yeah, yeah exactly. And he's like, oh, sad pedo. Yeah, it's that pedo face. Um, wah, wah, wah. So Arya, or Allison holds up her phone. And she's like, well, what does this mean? That we were wrong about Shauna? And Arya feels that this is her moment to shine. And she's like, look, A's alive and knows that I killed her. Which would have been a great time to like cut to like an amazing Emily eye roll. <laughs> yeah, and Emily's like, that's impossible. We all heard what Shauna said in that theater. And Arya's like, no, she never said that she was A. She never used those words. Oh, Arya. And Emily's it's like... like she had everything but the letter painted on her. But it's like in her search for the most adult, sophisticated way to be, somehow Arya has settled on murderous guilt mm-hmm. as the thing that will set her apart. Well, it's funny because I even with, with before this reveal, like I never I never thought A was gone. And I never really thought that Shauna was like a main A. Right. Like I feel like the stuff that Shauna was doing as A was like fairly minimal. And mostly, like, I don't think Shauna was the one, like, digging up the body as Redcoat or any of that. I've just never gotten that impression. No, no, I don't, I don't think so. Um, but yeah, Hannah's just like, M, come on. We got a text seconds after the house blew up. Either Shauna can expo- cause explosions from the grave, or A is back. One of those two. Oh, it's, it's while Hannah's talking that I noticed that one of Emily's windows is blown in, which is a nice touch. Oh, nice. Um, and, so and Spencer's like, or never left. And he's like, what are you saying? And Spencer says, I think A took a nap and woke up tonight. Yes. And Ari says, A's been been here the whole time just watching us, waiting for the right moment to resurface. There has been an awakening. Have you felt it? And Allie's like, but why now? And Spencer says, that's what we have to figure out. Uh, So they all make like concerned, confused faces. Wouldn't it seem kind of obvious that the why now is the Bethany Young revelation? Uh, Yeah, there's a lot of things, though. I mean, this was also the day that Allison came back to school. Yeah, I guess. Which is kind of the thing that, while it's separate, I don't think that this is Mona. Mm-hmm. Like, like there was the thing that Mona was dreading. It was the end of her world. Um, but yeah, I really know Spencer's wig in this scene. Also, Allison has these great, just like, I am so fucked, aren't I? Like, looks on her faces. <laughs> and Arya, like, when well, they're all making these, like, well, shit looks. Arya's face is like, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. And Hannah looks like, like, I don't have enough problems right now. Who am I? Uh, so the next day, we get Rose on Main Street. Uh, there's an establishing shot leading us to like the rear window brew. I like this this kind of pan because it kind of goes down behind a tree a little bit, showing some birds chirping. It's a nice feeling as if this town is a real place, but it also kind of fits in with like 
that way too bright next day feel after a crazy mm-hmm. night. Mm-hmm. And we see it's fall. Yeah, it's starting to fall. It's, it's been fun. fall for four years now. <laughs> it really is the longest season. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we come inside. Uh, Hannah's at the counter getting some coffee. Uh, should we talk about Hannah's fashion a little? Um, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's like I know, high, it's, I, was saying, I know it's changed as she's floats through the dark Hannah saga, but it's still very cute. Well, it's like high-waisted black pants, like a kind of grayish top and a kind of an acid wash, like fringy jean jacket. Like, I would say it's like if she had a, she's like one curling iron away from like Ferris Bueller's mom here. Like there's just something about her fashion. It's very 80s. So her shirt says, I like in French. Um, Jane. Yeah. We can only assume that the, on the back is the French word for creeping. Mm-hmm. Although I looked it up on freetranslation.com and I don't know if I believe it because it told me that the French word for creeping is le rampage, <laughs> which I like, but still. Um, Jane but... le rampage. <laughs> so... That's a Hannah shirt that needs to happen for Christmas. So uh, Hannah walks over to Caleb. Um, well, she she sees Caleb. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, oh, yeah. Uh, he's just like sitting like at a table, like nursing a muffin in the newspaper. Uh, they have some awkward haze. Uh, she says that Caleb looks like he's gotten about as much sleep as she did, and he says that he was with Toby until about an hour. So an hour ago, spooning. Yeah. And Hannah's like, "How is he?" And he's like, "Still pretty shaken." And Hannah's like, God, I still don't get why A would blow up his house when we were all just three doors down. Well, like, what was, like, did Toby, like, do a bunch of weird hand gestures to explain to Kayla that he's feeling very shook up right now? <laughs> yeah, and Kayla's like, A doesn't shoot and miss. There has to be a reason. And he holds up the newspaper. He's like, you see this? And the headline says, natural gas leak caused explosion. And Hannah's like, wait, that's it? They're not going to look into what caused the leak? And Caleb says, the cops in this town should be riding around in clown cars. Which just nailed it. Mm. Nice lampshade. Uh, and he says, I think you guys need to tell him who's behind this. And well, yeah. so the retired ghost hunter and cyber wolf has a pretty harsh opinion of local law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he, he wants to, Hannah to tell the cops. And Hannah's like, tell him what? We don't have a face or a name. And Hannah's like, this isn't a game. Or Caleb says, Hannah, this isn't a game. A blew up a house. It's like, oh, but it is a game, Caleb. A most yeah. dangerous game. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, no, we can't. It'll unravel too much. And Caleb's like, uh, meaning? And Hannah's like, things happened while you were gone. It's not the same as when you left. Nice nice double meaning. Well, Hannah looks, can't even look him in the eye as she says this. She looks genuinely haunted here and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Caleb is kind of a dick about it. He's just like, noticed. And Hannah's like, Caleb, I had no idea when you'd come back or if you'd ever come back. And he's like, well, I won't be staying long. Thinking of going to Montecito for a while. To your it's like you're still a minor, right? Like, where are you even living? Yeah. How do you yeah. how do you function? Do you go to school? Yeah. Uh, so Hannah says that she just assumed if Caleb wasn't in Ro- Ravenswood, they'd be here in Rosewood. And he says, "I don't want to commit to anything." And oh, he kind of all the same. Yeah, he kind of retreats, puts up this like wall. So she says it's getting late. She gets up. She has to go to school. So she has to get up. She's like looking at him. As if she expects him to say a kind word or something, mm-hmm. but no, he's got his wall of dicks up. Well, the way she delivers that last line too, there's like a very subtle like hint of like raw feeling and disappointment. She's like, "Well, it's late. I should probably get to school." Yeah. And it's like anything? Nope. Caleb's not giving you anything. Yeah. So she gets up and leaves, and Caleb sighs, and it's like, "Oh, messy teen love." 
And then I wanted like his like head just to tip forward and hit the table and fall asleep. Mm-hmm. But we've got the, the Ezra's, palace. A, Ezra's apartment. Arya's there, of course. Uh, Arya says, if Shauna wasn't A, then I killed an innocent person. <laughs> Ezra's like, Shauna wasn't innocent, Arya. And Arya's like, yeah, but the cops aren't going to believe that when they find out how long I've been covering this up. I mean, it's only a matter of time before A exposes what I did. And Ezra's like, they're, by the way, they're like looking through his like f- boxes and files of shit. Uh, on Radley, and Ezra says, we don't know if this person has any idea what happened in New York. And Arya sighs, and she's like, what are you doing? He's, he says he's looking for a connection. Connection to what? Connection between Mrs. De Laurentiis and Bethany Young. Arya's like, why? And he says, I'm starting to think I wasn't too far off about my Mrs. D theory. Ezra's basically just like on the PLL subreddit right now. Yeah. He's just like, new theory, guys, I made a YouTube video. Uh, it's Mrs. 25 D's- minutes long. Yeah, Mrs. D was on the board at Radley Sanitarium. Bethany was a patient there. Bethany was buried in her yard in the same spot Radley was buried. And Ari's like, you think A killed Bethany and Mrs. D? And he's like, well, there could be a connection. When I was writing my book. Well, he says, sorry, he says that would be a connection. He he makes this face like that actually wasn't what he was thinking. But now that (laughs) Ari has said it, he's going to take credit for it. Yeah, he says, when I was writing my book. I knew I interviewed some of the staff at Radley, and I think the name Bethany Young came up. I just don't know which file it's in. And, like, left unmentioned here how fucking creepy it is that he was stalking Arya and, inter- and her friends and interviewing all these people the whole time. Yeah. And also that his files might be out of order because Arya found out and trashed his place. Yeah, yeah. It's just, like, he keeps bringing up this, like, thing that tore them apart. Like, he's just not shy about that at all. Well... It happens a lot. It's like it's seeped in, under the surface of every aspect of their relationship, at least in this episode, for certain. But I feel like he's he's beating her over the head of it. Yeah, to take yeah. Away its power exactly, so that she'll have no like like available recourse to ever complain about it in the future. Yeah, and she's like, okay, well, I, I can help you after school. So she starts to leave, and he stands up. He's like, oh, hey, hey, we're gonna get through this. And Arya just like smiles at how naive he is, and she's like, "Yeah, I'll see you later." Ezra's face, hello. So, I just think about this scene: like he's interviewing people Radley during the book writing phase mm-hmm. because Mrs. D was on the board of trustees, or is it a Spencer thing? Who knows? Maybe <laughs> both. And also, it should be noted: we only saw a dragging the body and then burying it. Mrs. D was clearly poisoned by then and dead. So, well, I'll, I'll get to that in a something, something, bit. something. Yeah. Kenneth De Laurentiis. Yeah. Uh, so Spencer's room. She walks in, gets some books from her shelf. Uh, let's talk about her outfit. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a weird one. She has like, like kind of like high top leather boots on, and then thigh high stockings, and then a uh, like a brown like overall dress thing, mm-hmm. and uh, like a denim shirt underneath, and, and a beanie. Like it's a very weird look. It's like it just looks like she should be like doing sculpture or something. Well, like yeah, like I feel like the. The like beanies, she's wearing an art smock. Like the beanie's keeping the wig on a little bit stronger. Yeah, either she should be doing sculpture or she should be modeling in for catalogs in Europe. <laughs> she looks like a like an updated blossom. It's just missing the flower on the hat. Yeah, so she comes in, she's kind of in a hurry, like she's gonna come get some books from off this shelf real quick and get the fuck out of there. But of course, she turns around startled because there is her dad walking in. In a tracksuit. Yeah. She's like, Dad, I didn't see your car outside. And he's like, it's in the garage. And Spencer's like, why aren't you at work? And the the way they play the scene is neat because he, he's walking towards her. And it's like, there's just like this vague hint, like a very understated vibe of menace from Peter. 
or like if you if you kind of squint at it one way, he seems like he's threatening. But if, and then if you look at it a different way, it's like oh, he's just a concerned parent. Yeah, I mean, I could see like the body language would freak you out, but like he's playing it just like he's a little hurt mm-hmm. and a little upset, you know. But like you can him. you can view it different ways though. Yeah, you know because also. Uh, and then somewhere in between those two opposing views is the tracksuit. Yeah. Peter says, it's a little hard to concentrate when your wife and your daughter are living in a hotel. Spencer's like, yeah, I have class in 10 minutes. And she tries to leave, and then he holds up his arm so like to the doorway, blocking her. He's like, Spencer. And she backs away. She's kind of fearful. He's like, what the hell's going on? Spencer's like, you have to discuss that with mom. And he's like, I'd love to. She won't return any of my calls. Spencer says, we know you lied about where you were, where you and Melissa were the night Mrs. Dillarentis died. And he's like, how do you know that? <laughs> Already Peter's thinking, like, I need to overhaul my tradecraft. Yeah. Spencer says, what are you going to do when the cops find out that the pills that killed her are in your medicine cabinet? He's like, you think I did it? Spencer's like, I know you're just trying to protect me. He's like, damn right. I've been trying to protect you. Uh, it would never take a life to cover up something you did. Not only, a single life. I only kill in multiples. So <laughs> yeah, like get an erection. That's from the uh, Pretty Little Liars annotation teller, which everyone yeah. should go read. Yeah. Um, uh, Spencer's like, <laughs> I'm sorry. She's like, I didn't do anything. And, and Peter's like, well, neither did I. It's that awkward moment in a family when you realize mm-hmm. that the other person isn't a murderer. <laughs> well, they're both just like up in their, each other's grills proclaiming innocence. They're like total Hastings moment. Like everybody in this house is always assuming that somebody else in the family is a murderer. But you're not a murderer? I'm not a murderer either. Oh, shit. And who fucking killed this person? <laughs> this really, like, why are we even a family still yeah, then? Why do I keep paying protection money? <laughs> uh, Spencer's like, then where were you and Melissa? And he kind of sighs and nods himself. He, he steps aside and, like, the body language changes now. Like, he's no longer blocking Spencer in. Like, he's he's more open, ready to talk. Well, I uh, feel like we, we lost opportunity for a great Peter Hastings monologue here. Well, sidebar on the pills thing. Yeah. Jessica Lorenzis was on low blood pressure medication. Right. Because she had low blood pressure. Who would be more likely to know that? Peter Hastings or her own husband? Mm-hmm. 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 You don't talk about your blood pressure medicine with the guy you're having an affair with. That's just tacky. Especially a, a low blood pressure thing. You know, like, Peter yeah. would be might mention, like, oh, I can't eat salt or whatever. Like, I'm not supposed to, but... Like it'd be like a low blood and pressure. Mrs. Situation D could cover it easily because after you've had extramarital sex, what is better than a cookie, right? Sure. Um, so we cut to from that to Rosewood High Cafeteria where Spencer and Arya are sitting down at their lunch trays. Uh, Arya is going to pick up that baton. That I like the way they sit down, down like very symmetrically on either side of the table, yeah. And so Arya's like, they drove to the lake to talk, which is such an interesting cut from what Peter was about to tell <laughs> Spencer to Arya repeating back what she just heard from Spencer, who was relaying what Peter said. Also, Arya should have said, I can't believe that they drove to the lake to talk. That's how Arya talks. Um, yeah, really. Spencer so says, yeah, that's what he said. But he wouldn't say what they talked about or why he lied. <laughs> so basically, he told them almost nothing. Yeah. So Spencer is having, because it matters to everyone, what looks like a salad and a bottle of water. Arya's having what looks like a pasta, a salad, a fruit salad, and a sugar-free Red Bull. That's a weird meal. That's a lot of food for a tiny it's, I mean, it's like, um, I can't think of the name of those noodles, but it's like, you know, red pasta sauce over some noodles and, uh, yeah, salad, fruit salad, Red Bull. Sugar-free, though. So, you mm-hmm. know, that's good, I guess. 
Well, lots you, of carbs she's loading up on. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, Arya's like, have you talked to Melissa? Spencer says, yeah, I left her like five messages. But of course, Melissa's not responding. <laughs> uh, and Spencer kind of frowns and unfolds her nappy. And Arya's just like watching her closely. And she's like, your mom did the right thing by leaving. And it's like, oh, because you're such a fucking expert on this. Yeah, really. Oh, Arya, who like, like villainized her mom and vilified her mom so many times for all the times that she left. Mm-hmm. But Arya can tell Spencer that her mom did the right thing. Uh, yeah, Spencer's just very meekly like, yeah. Uh, so Arya's phone starts ringing. She looks at the call <laughs> ID. She nervously informs Spencer that it's Ezra. And Spencer's just like... Spencer's face. Oh, my yeah. God. Her face through this whole sequence here. As soon as she hears the word Ezra, she's just like, hmm? So Arya answers the phone. She's like, hey, I'm with Spencer. Okay, yeah, well, thanks for checking in. I'll see you later. Um, he doesn't need to check in because he should know her schedule and that she'd be at lunch. After all, he did teach there. Mm-hmm. Well, um, Arya is like she's literally like hunched over with the phone. Like she's body language is so guilty to be taking this call. Yeah. And Spencer, like she does this amazingly subtle eyebrow raise when Arya says, "I'll see you later." Like it's really, it's really subtle, uh, yeah. but it's definitely there, and it's hilarious to watch. Well, see, she knows that she's about to get shit for this from Spencer, but she's going to try to play it normal. I think on the off chance that maybe Spencer will also play it normal, like this is a totally okay thing. But I just wanted to bring up one more time the pen test from uh, Arya and Spencer last season. Ezra has a custom nib. That's true. Uh, so, yeah, Arya gets off the phone. Um, she tells Spencer that Ezra is trying to find a link between Bethany and Mrs. D. Well, and Spencer's and- face is still just like, oh, my God. Yeah. And Spencer's like, has he found one yet? And Arya says, uh, he's left messages for all his contacts at Radley. So far, nothing. And Spencer's like, and you're going over to Ezra's place later. And Arya's like, yeah, I'm going to help him sort through his files. And Spencer's if you know like, what I mean. Is that the only reason? And she does this like awesome head tilt. And Arya has like no poker face at all here. Or her eyes are just like darting around. Yeah. <laughs> Spencer's like, is there something going on between you two? And Arya's like, no. Spencer's like, then why did you bring him to Emily's last night? And Arya's like, okay, we had a slip. And Spencer's like, throws her fork down. <laughs> a slip? And Arya's like, well, technically, it was two slips. hey <laughs> Spencer's like, oh my god, Arya, I thought you said you were never going to go there again. And Arya's like, I meant it when I said it. <laughs> Which is, uh, that that's like the title of Arya's autobiography. Yeah, yeah, seriously. Um Spencer's, you know, of course, has to chime in <laughs> with the very helpful question of, are you forgetting about what he did to you? What he did to us? And Arya's just like, no, of course not. There's like a crash of something like behind them. Arya kind of casually glances over. Spencer keeps talking and Spencer's like, you couldn't eat or sleep for weeks after you found out about that book. And Arya's like, okay, well, he took a bullet for us, Spence. Mm-hmm. And uh, Spencer's like, yeah, speaking for the fans yeah that doesn't change the fact that he deceived you for years or maybe like a year and some change unfortunately the other liars walk up right now like cutting this conversation off because well, it was just starting to get fun wouldn't it be great if spencer just held up like a picture of like riley pube stash and just like held that Arya's <laughs> face to remind her of where this shit can go he's <laughs> like how did you get that photo Spencer's like, Spencer's are you like, kidding? Mona. every member of my family every member of my family has five pis on retainer yeah Plus, I just asked Mona for it. Yeah, exactly. She's Mona. Mm-hmm. Uh, so all the liars walk up. They say hi. Um, Allie seems to, like, she's looking at Arya, like maybe she heard some of that conversation or something. Well, let's talk about the seating arrangement. Sure. 
Ali sits at the head of the table, mm-hmm. of course. Ali, once again, wearing like this like light baby blue like blazer thing. Like she's dressing so weird this season. Yeah. Um, Hannah sits right next to Arya. Emily sits right next to Spencer. So the two real people are on either side of Allison as she passes over Judgment of the Living and Dead. And then the, the fake people are on the outside. The theory in full force. Mm-hmm. Um, so Emily looks a little frazzled. Arya like picks up on that, asks if Emily if she's okay. And Allison chimes in with, somebody dropped their lunch tray and she practically jumped out of her skin. Because <laughs> twigs only snap, lunch trays only get dropped, and things only go bump in the night for Emily. But Hannah's like, well, so much for the new normal. And Emily's like, yeah, I knew it was too good to be true. No, you didn't. Emily was the one that kept pushing that Chanum is dead and everything's fine. Um, but Spencer has a chime of too good to be true. These last two weeks have been nothing but crap. <laughs> Just going ahead and saying that. Tell them like it is. Yeah, really. Uh, uh, but I feel like subconsciously they're all blaming Allie for that when I don't totally know if it's her fault. What exactly is her fault, really? I mean, granted the lying in the police station in episode two was a snap judgment that may not mm-hmm. have been the smartest. Yeah. But she didn't have a lot of time to work it out, you know? Yeah. Um, so Hannah asks if Toby's still at the hospital. And she's like, yeah, he's there with Jenna and her mom. Allison then gets a text. Uh, while she's looking at it, Emily asks, what's up with Caleb? How long is he in town for? And Hannah's just like, who knows? Um, and Allison's like, oh my God, do whatever she's seeing, whatever she's seeing on the phone. The others ask what it is. So she like leans forward, like holds the phone out in front of her so they can all like lean in to watch. Yeah. Watch this Snapchat that she got. Yeah, this the Snapchat. Um, so it's a video of Mrs. D being buried. Spencer and Arya both like <gasps> look at Allison. Allison is freaking well, it's like, out it's more like, than a little. It's almost like a first person video, like somebody looking down in the grave, like burying Jessica. Yeah, um, which is you know, if this is just one person, that's kind of impressive. Like I guess had the shovel in one. Maybe hand, they're wearing phone. like Google Glass. I don't know. Like with those like, or, like new, a GoPro, like, those new like cop cams. Yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe. Or maybe A has, like, video drones that just fly around Rosewood. That'd be cool. Um, so at the end, of the caption comes on screen that says, I buried your mom the same way I watched her bury you, A. Cyberbully Snapchat. And then after that, the A message, there's a reminder of the pre-order Keegan Allen's book. But uh, So Allison reads the A message out loud, and then something pops up on the screen that just says, content deleted. Because it is Snapchat. Yeah, and they all just look at Allie in horror. Oh, my God. So uh, breaking this down a little. Take it literally. Did A kill Jessica or just bury her? A's not literally saying that, that A killed Jessica De Laurentiis. Saying that A buried her. And then was A the one who Jessica was talking to while Jessica was burying Allie? Or was A like watching? A says, you know, she watched Allie's mom bury her. That could mean A was that other person who Jessica was covering for. Or it could mean that A was watching from afar. We don't really know. Right. Right. Um, I I like the idea because I'm I'm all in on Kenneth. I like the idea that he switched her pills, mm-hmm. and then she disappeared, and he was like, "What the fuck?" And yeah. then suddenly she shows up buried in his yard. He doesn't know how that happened because A just found the body and buried her. And Kenneth has been freaking out ever since. Yeah, you know, of course he would. I mean, that'd be fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that is like like literally... I murdered my wife and somebody buried her. Like, what's that going is... on? That is literally the material of like French film noir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when the body of the person you murdered, your spouse disappears. I was it Les Diabliques? It's literally the plot of that movie, isn't it? Um, so after the commercial, we're in Hannah's kitchen. The liars are all gathered there, and, and Allison is like, "A killed my mother." 
And Emily's like, who could it be? Mona? Somebody working with Shauna? The camera kind of pans around to look at Spencer, and we see Arya and Hannah standing behind her. And Arya's like, yeah, or someone we haven't even thought of yet, which, unlike <laughs> a lot of shows, PLO is usually really great at having the characters somewhat organically remind us of what tracks our brains should be running in. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so Spencer... Well, of course, like, Arya's saying that because she's A. Of course, yeah. Spencer looks like she's about to have a, a breakdown. And I mean, if, if they were to reveal that Arya's A, like the supercut you could do of little hints, it's going to be amazing. Oh, I would love to see that. Uh, Who wh- is this monster? What did I just watch? I rewatched Identity, that John Cusack movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the supercut where they revealed the ki- who the killer actually was and them committing all the murders that you didn't think they were possible of them committing. Like, That'd I would amazing. love yeah. that for Arya. Especially if it involved her having to like reach high places, and, like getting like a step ladder. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so um, Spencer looks like she's about to have a breakdown. And because Hannah now knows something about breakdowns, she asks if she's okay. Spencer says, My dad didn't do it. I accused him of murder, but he didn't do it. And so well, she like, looks- she's so devastated, but it's like, come on, Spencer, you guys are like constantly accusing each other of murder in that yeah. house. Yeah, this is just the latest. Um, so she looks up at Allison, who's been like pacing this whole time, and Allison looks over at Emily, and Hannah's like, well, it makes sense why you did. And then Arya chimes <laughs> in with, unless your dad's A. Nice one, Arya. <laughs> and Spencer just like turns around in horror, like, oh my god, Arya, you can't just say that somebody's dad is A. Well, she's just like, what the hell, bitch? Mm-hmm. Well, it's I'm like Arya's become it Hannah. Out there. <laughs> yeah, like Arya's become Hannah. Mm-hmm. This is maybe not the shittiest thing Arya's ever done, but it's up there. It's so delightfully <laughs> up there. Um, She's just putting it out there. Yeah. And Spencer's like, no, he can't be. He thought I killed Allison, now Bethany. And Hannah's like, that still doesn't rule out your sister. And Ali says, some things never change, and now we're back to square one. And Arya's like, no, Ezra thinks Bethany can ultimately lead us to A. And Spencer says, okay, then we have to help Ezra find out as much as we can about her. And Emily's like, aren't we stretching a little here? And Spencer's like, do you have a better plan? I also want the uh, the supercut of every time Arya literally says Ezra. And Emily, mm-hmm. like, her eyes roll so hard that she has to put <laughs> drops in them afterwards. Yeah. But meanwhile, um, Allie's just like, I can't wait around for this shit. I, I got to get out of town. Yeah. And Emily's like, you just got back here. And Allie's like, the only reason I came back is because I thought A was dead. And Hannah says, if A wanted to kill you, why not just do it? Why play games and blow up a house? Because some people just want to watch the world burn, Hannah. Mm-hmm. Allie's like, I have no idea. I'm not sticking around to find out. And Emily's just like, but if you leave Rosewood, then we can't protect you or I make would, out. I wouldn't exactly say that you're protecting her now. Uh, yeah, really. I mean, I guess unless you prescribe to the whole human shield theory. Mm-hmm. Um, Arya points out that it's not like before and now the cops are watching her every move and Hannah more bluntly puts it the world, the whole world knows you're alive Spencer's like even if you could run where would you hide and Allison's just like well shit well, you know Allison she, she's like trying to look concerned but you know she's got like another passport and a burn bag hidden somewhere just for this situation yeah or, plans ahead I feel like at any moment now Allison's just gonna like reach the side of her face and just like pull off a mask and of be her like, own face yeah <laughs> i've been waiting for this moment forever uh so meanwhile at radley uh it looks Get like that, we're in a, that wonderful exterior shot of radley yeah yeah that's a great location for a mental hospital or a great exterior location but so it looks like we're in a new area of radley uh it's the lobby spencer's waiting there and then behind her she hears and then sees lieutenant tanner come out with what is probably an inter- administrator and like a uni and Spencer ducks and hides behind a couch, like, or hides on a couch, her face covered in a magazine. She's not doing the greatest job of hiding here. Also, she, uh, 
she's pretending to read a technology magazine that promises the end of Alzheimer's. Like she's gone from pretending to read diabetes magazines to pretend to read Alzheimer's well, it's, magazines. It's not like she's even holding the magazine up over her whole face. Like she no. barely has it covering half her face. Yeah, this is not her best. Because you kind of have to wonder if Tanner sees her and just doesn't react. Because Tanner, meanwhile, is arguing. She's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. I am so disappointed in your lack of cooperation. But when you change your mind, there's my number. Think. Give me a call, okay? We're out of here. Let's go. So what I'm very curious about is what exactly she's after. I mean, I think a lot of people can make some, some patient pretty clear, records. Some I pretty clear guesses. But yeah. I think we'll find out that, that this is not Tanner's usual move. Like, mm. just bluntly coming full force to someone straightly. Like, that's not her style. She likes the game a little bit. So, I don't know. I'm kind of curious about this moment. So, Tanner and Uniform Cop leave. The, well, it's, the like, way it's, shot, it's like Tanner showed up to Radley hoping to get some information about Beth and Young. And Radley is just like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> you get nothing. They're like, sue us. <laughs> um, Tanner and Uniform Cop leave. It's kind of shot, like, almost specifically to show that they don't see Spencer somehow. Somehow, yeah. Yeah, um, as they pass her, like, right, like, within, like, four feet of her. So Spencer watches, making sure they're gone, and just then Eddie Lamb comes out to see her. Uh, she jumps up when he calls her name. She gives him a hug. He says he has a few minutes when she asks if he's, if she's interrupting anything he's doing. He tells her that she looks good, asks how she's doing. She's like, well, well enough to say out of this place, and he kind of <laughs> smiles. Well, he smiles at that, but he seems a little on edge. And she's like, did you hear about the Kavanaugh settlement? He says, I'm glad the family got some money. Spencer says they would have preferred the truth. It's like actually, Spencer, you would have preferred the truth. Exactly. <laughs> they didn't care so much. They they liked the money. Yeah, I had that in my notes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Eddie's like, you know, heard about Mr. De Laurentiis too, and Spencer's like, yeah, I don't really think it was a coincidence that Beth Young was found buried in her backyard. Do you? Well, she um, she's kind of dropped her voice when she says that. She's getting conspiratorial. When he says probably not again, the guy who plays Eddie Lamb is so good. Yeah, she's He's like. Probably not. He's he's always great at conveying that he knows more than he's saying and has to stay quiet about it. Um, so, you know, Spencer asks if Eddie knew Bethany well, and he says that if he did, then he can't talk about it. Well, he's he like looking of, over his shoulder. Yeah, he kind of gestures to the fact that there's a camera over his shoulder watching him, like a surveillance camera. Spencer picks up on it, and then she's like, well, do you want to go get coffee later? And he's like, I can't talk about Bethany or any other patient, not to the cops or the reporters or you. <laughs> Uh, and Spencer's for, I think, what the fuck, Eddie? I thought we had a, a vibe. Yeah, I thought you were uh, my deep throat. She says, look, I know that you have a set of rules that you have to stick to, and I understand that, but somebody very close to me might be framed for her murder. And there's, like, mild interest from Eddie at this statement. Yeah. And she says, so if you could just tell me anything at all, like if anybody from Rosewood ever visited her or anything, it would be such a great help. And he's like, yeah, I wish I could. And then a co-worker is like, Eddie, you got a phone call. So he pulls away. He's trying to look casual. He's like, Good seeing you, Spencer. And Spencer's like, yeah. He walks off, and there's this neat shot of Spencer kind of looking up, and then we kind of cut to the POV from a camera inside mm -hmm. that camera bubble. This lobby uh, it's camera all four. black and white. Spencer looks uneasy and turns and walks away. The, like, what is the timestamp on there? It's like, is it, it's not 10.38 p.m. It's just not, like. I mean, 10.38 a.m., I, I guess, is what it would have to be so, you know, the next day. Is it? No, she's wearing the same outfit, though. Yeah, it's true. I mean, like, they were at lunch. Then presumably Maybe that after was school, breakfast. I don't they, know. Were at, <laughs> so they went from breakfast, skipped school to go to Hannah's house to have this, like, confab. And well, school she... starts at, like, 8, you know. They, like, get to school, eat some food, and then just leave. They're like, oh, yeah, that's the thing about school. Fuck this. Mm -hmm. This is about as important to us as Emily's job is to her. Uh, I feel so... like at this point they've gotten the idea that, like, 
the school doesn't mind if they leave. In fact, they don't really want them there. Yeah. If they want to go do whatever, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure the principal is just like, you're leaving? I'm not even going to uh, push it. Just go, mm-hmm. please, go. Take take RA with like, you. Instructed the like hall monitors or whatever to just like look the other way as they leave. Yeah. Um, yeah but take Aria with you. In fact, never bring her back. So I'm kind of curious if this set is like the redress police station. Um, so cut to be. Hannah's house. Hannah and Allison are heading down the stairs, and Allison says, you know, I never should have come back here. And Hannah's like, look, I get that you're scared, Allie. We all do. But that's why you're staying with me. Um, and Allison's like, you can't just babysit me forever, Hannah. Which Hannah's thinking, like, I sure as shit hope not. Yeah. Uh, the doorbell rings. Hannah goes to the door, and Allison's like, wait, don't just open it. Yeah, so Hannah has to look out the window, and she's like, oh, it's just Travis. And Allie's like, oh, I'll be in the kitchen. So Hannah opens the door. She steps outside, closing it behind her. Travis is waiting. And she's like, hey, you, this is a nice surprise. This kind of confuses Travis. He's like, it is? Because we had plans to go to the grill at 7. And Hannah just kind of sighs in this realization. She holds her head. And Travis is like, uh, I know you weren't drunk when we made them. Dick comment. Yeah, Hannah's like, look, I'm sorry. With everything going on, I totally spaced. Travis, I would go, but Allie is in there, and I really don't want to leave her alone right now. She's going through a tough time. And Travis is like, I saw Mona's video. Looked like Allie was the one making it tough. And Hannah's like, don't believe everything that you see. It's funny how now they have Allie's back about this. Yeah. Uh, And Hannah says, and about Lucas's party, I hope I didn't do anything too embarrassing. And he's like, he's doing this whole thing where it's like, oh, it's no big deal, except it is. Yeah. And he says, you were just on your phone all night trying to call someone. And Hannah's going to play dumb. She's like, I was? I don't even remember that. And he's just like, right. Uh, So Hannah's like, but I, I don't really remember anything after the room started spinning. And he's just like, I figured there was somewhere else you wanted to be. And Hannah's just like, yeah, in bed with an ice pack. And he's like, so we're okay. And she's like, yeah, great. And she gives him like a pretty mild kiss to like reassure mm-hmm. him. She tells him that she'll call him when Allison leave. And he says, okay, and leaves. And once he's gone, it's like Hannah lets out like a sigh of relief. Well, and he's it's, like walking to his truck, looking back concerned. Well, it's it's sad to watch her pretend like she still cares about this bro now that Kayla's back in town. So mm-hmm. she heads back inside, and then we cut back to Travis, like lingers in, out by his truck, like seemingly implying that he knows what's really up. Also, I like the fact that you know, no offense to Travis, but it's like Allison doesn't even give a shit about like lingering to like pick up on secrets between mm-hmm. Tra- Travis and Hannah because she knows that's not going to last. Yeah. So uh, come back inside. Hannah steps into the kitchen, doesn't see Allie, and she's like, Allie. Uh, we can hear Allie talking to someone on the phone. She's out on the patio. And Allie is on the phone. She's saying, I don't know. Just get there, okay? Yeah, okay. Yeah, see you then. And Allie hangs up as Hannah walks out. And Hannah's like, who are you on the phone with? And Allie's like, doesn't matter. And Hannah's like, well, it sounded like you were making plans to go somewhere. Were you? And Allie just ignores this. Uh, but Hannah's not going to let it drop. She's like, Allison. And Allie's like, I can't live in a world where I jump every time the doorbell rings. I feel like, like Hannah should be like, welcome to my fucking world, Allie. What do you think I've been doing for the last year and a half? Or Emily's world. Yeah. <laughs> and Hannah's like, so what? You're just going to run away? And Allie's like, please don't tell the girls or try to stop me. Hannah's like, what are you going to do? Say that you're kidnapped again? And Allie's like, do you think I want to live like this? And Hannah just rolls her eyes. And Allie's like, because I don't. I'd love to stay, Hannah, but I can't. Not while that psychopath is still out there. And don't worry, after I'm gone, you can go back to focusing on your little love triangle. And it's like, man, Allie really knows where to stick the knife. Yeah. But uh, Hannah's had enough. And Allie starts to walk away, and Hannah's like, Allie, wait. And Allie's like, I've made my decision, Hannah. And Hannah says, so have I. I'm going to help you. 
Mm-hmm. Hussein has basically decided that life was better with Ali gone. Uh, and it's true, but also sad, because uh, it's like it didn't have to be like this. Well, what's funny about this episode is that all four of the liars, the, all their actions are, like, deliciously selfish. Well, at the same time, like, Ali is operating on, like, pure, like, fight-or-flight survival instincts. Right. And she has been for, like, two years at least. And it's like she she never learned, you know, the how to... You know, like she she never experienced that liar bond and friendship that made them all more powerful together. Right. She's never she does she doesn't know anything about that. She just all she knows how to do is run. Yeah. Um. So meanwhile, at Ezra's place, speaking of, Ari and Ezra are going through a box palace. Yeah. Uh, she hands him back a pile that has no mention of Bethany in it, and then she goes to another pile and finds a picture of her and Ezra together in a box because he planted that there, right? Oh yeah. He's just like. Two folders down. I'm just going to leave this in here. No, I, I'm willing to bet that every single one of those folders has a picture of them together. Well, it's not in a folder. It's between it. But I mean, I bet like yeah. every stack, there's at least one picture. So she's looking at it and he's just like, that was a fun day. And she's just like, look, Ezra, what happened the other night? And he's like, felt right, didn't it? <laughs> well, he cuts her off. Felt right, didn't it? And it's like, yeah, nice try, Fitz, but your powers are weakened after Arya talked with Spencer. And she's like, it doesn't mean that things can go back to the way they were. Oh, poor sad pedo. Um, so what so does that mean? Yeah. And Arya's like, well, I'm not going to pretend like I don't miss it. Us. Because I do. And he's like, I do too. No, I'm like, not, not, not. Yeah, but then I remember everything that happened, how we met, all the lies that you told. And Ezra's like, believe me, I wish I could go back and change things. And she's like, but you can't. And the other night was a mistake. In your fucking face. Well fucking done, Arya. Uh, uh, he looks stunned. I mean, see, that's, that's what I was saying we were talking about before the show started. I think you can literally see the gears. I keep saying literally. I think you can see the gears grinding in his head as he plots how to manipulate the situation from here. I think that you really see a lot of how Ezra, how his brain works in this episode. Yeah, well, this next bit's going to be even more interesting because the door knock, knock at the door. And they both look at each other, and Arya kind of has this look on her face, like, "Well, I'm not answering it." So, uh, or, or, well, I'm here and you're here. Who yeah. the hell else knocks on this door? <laughs> so she makes Ezra get up and answer it. Gunshot wound victim, uh-huh. and uh, it's Lieutenant Tanner at the door. And Tanner's like, "Evening, Mister Fitz. I'm Lieutenant Tanner. Stay, please. Mind if I ask you a few questions?" And Arya like just hustles her ass over to the bathroom to hide as soon as she hears this. Mm-hmm. And Ezra's like, sure, yeah. And Tanner's like, oh, and this was outside your door. And she holds up a manila envelope with Ezra's name on it. He, he's like holding the door open just a few inches. Like not well, he's just standing in the doorway. Yeah. yeah, not giving her a full view. It's not like the door's wide open. Like she can't see into the full apartment. So he takes these, says thanks. He's like just waiting for her to answer Well, he's ask like, thank questions. you so much. And he just stands uh, there. Like it's like he just tossed the ball back into her court. Yeah. And so she's like, uh, can I come in? And he's just like, oh sure so he's like he's trying to play it cool but he seems so suspicious so he opens the door wide he walks over the coffee table drops the envelope down make sure making sure that it covers the photo of ezra and aria together yeah he drops the envelope on top of the photo this is where we see that his name is written on the envelope so tanner steps in shuts the door behind herself and i feel like every move she's doing is very careful calculated in like giving her more observation time she's at the same time i think ezra is playing this pretty coyly uh, I think he thinks he is, but I think that she, I don't know, something about him initially here, to me, has already got to put Well, her to me, there's, like, no better way he could have played this. So far. It's going to get worse. Tanner is, like, moving out. She sees all these boxes, and he's like, oh, no, just getting rid of some old school files. So, uh, what can I help you with, Lieutenant? And she's like, just some questions about Shauna Fring. 
And Esther's like, oh, I thought the New York detectives were handling that case. And Tanner's like, they are, but Sean was a former resident of Rosewood, so we're just helping them gather some further information. He's like, yeah, I see, I see. And we see that Arya is like listening to all this from the bathroom. There's well, it's at this point he like he's just like, oh, I see, I see, and he's like kind of just like casually like looking around, trying to play off how uncomfortable he is, but like hoping that like he doesn't see any other signs of mm-hmm. Arya that he needs to, like step on, you know, well, or stand in front of. There's a slight like dial in for murder vibe here, just with somebody else like in the other room listening to somebody talk to the police, oh, you know. But Roma Mafia is so good in this show. And Tanner's like, did you know Shauna well? And Esther's like, uh, no, she was never actually a student of mine. And Tanner's like, hmm, did you ever mention to her that your mother owned a theater in New York? And Esther's like, no, I never mentioned that to any of my students. And Tanner's like, oh, so it's just a coincidence that her body was found there. And he just nods. He's like, it came as quite a shock to me and my family. And Tanner's like, she says this as though it just occurred to her for the first time. She's like, you were shot the night Shauna was killed. Like, oh, I just realized that. Mm-hmm. And Ezra's like, that's right. And Tanner says, when we found Shauna, she had some gun residue on her sweatshirt. And so Ezra's Arya, like, listening in, like, chewing her fingers, like, moves her head in closer. <laughs> she hears that. Ezra's like, oh. And he nods some more. He's maybe blinking a little bit too much. And Tanner just kind of gives him a questioning look. And Ezra's like, sorry, was that a question? Which uh, is maybe a little too cute with a cop. Well, yeah, I think that was one of his biggest mistakes. I think he... I, think well, I don't he know if I'd call him a mistake, but he's he's playing with Tanner. Well, so, but he's... I think he thinks he's... I, she's trying to unnerve him and see what shakes loose. I think his problem is that he thinks that he's smarter than her, and he's good at manipulation, because so far his success has been in manipulating his 17-year-old girlfriend. And as we all know, that can go right to your head. <laughs> and... uh Tanner's like, oh, um, do you remember anything about your mugger or something that would help the investigation? And he's like, nothing I haven't already said. He's too arrogant about it, though. His voice kind of sticks in his throat a little as he says that. And Tanner's like, well, that's all for now. Thank you for your time. She gets up and he's like, yes, of course. Well, let me know if I can be of any further help, Lieutenant. Tanner's like, I certainly will. And she has this very kind of knowing nod and smile. She looks over and glances. We see, I think it's like Arya's purse. Her leopard print purse? Yeah. Her giant leopard print purse? Roma Mafia notices that as she leaves. Yeah. But uh, it's also kind of funny, too, because with her heels, Tanner's like a few inches taller than Ezra. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Roma Mafia is pretty tall in general, I think. Yeah. Yeah, she's taller than Ezra. Um, so we see Arya over in the bathroom area, and, like, is she glad that it's over, or is she concerned because she didn't think it went well? Mm-hmm. Um so meanwhile, we're at the Rosewood High pool. I think this is Paige that we see swimming when yeah, she's like. Yeah, I'm pretty like, sure that's uh, Paige most there. of the swim teams like swim teams like leaving in the background. So we cut to the lockers. Uh, Paige like soaking wet in her swimsuit, heads to her locker. The locker room isn't empty. There's people like moving around. We can hear somebody showering. She opens her but, locker, but it is like kind of like darkly lit and like there's like a vague ominous feeling. Well, plus she... Paige just just feels like she's alone, even though there's mm-hmm. a ton of people there. Well, because those are the people all like just filed out. Paige is kind of here by herself now. And then as she's at her locker, like out of nowhere, like Emily Fields just like, boom, swoops around the corner. Yeah. And she's just like, you need to give me those names, Paige. And Paige is like, I'm sorry, I just pooped myself. Yeah. And had a heart attack at the same Mm -hmm. time. Um, Yeah. She need to give those names, Paige. The one's conspiring with Mona. And Paige is like, I can't tell you, especially after the way Allison treated her. 
And Emily's like, Mona altered that video, Paige. Now you say that. Yeah. Paige is like, even if she did, Mona didn't make her say those things. And Paige is, Paige is like, Allison isn't sorry about the way she treated anybody. She's still the same and if the person that she always was. That's not a bad thing. Uh, Paige kind of like has sat on the bench. She's like facing away from Emily. She like dries herself. Emily comes around, sits on the bench, like facing towards, like really trying to stick it to her. And she's like, Whoever blew up the Kavanaugh house is now threatening her. And Paige is like, I thought it was a gas leak. And Emily says, someone caused that gas leak. And Paige says, and you think it's Mona. And Emily's like, it's possible. A little help from her friends. Have you seen Mona's friends? Like, they're not <laughs> causing gas leaks. Yeah. yeah. Paige I don't like, know. Those, those twins, they seem ominous. <laughs> they're secretly like like evil engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, they're basically Paige, like Matahari. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, Paige like says, why would Mona want to blow up the Kavanaugh house? And Emily says, that's what we're trying to figure out. Look, I know how you feel about Allison, but could you live with yourself if something happened to her, knowing that you could have done something to stop it? And Paige, Paige is like, yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah, Paige just like stares at Emily, and Emily's like working some of that field. Paige is like, which to... answer do you want to hear to that well, question? <laughs> what gets me is that the way like Emily's dressing it up, it could have been so much simpler if she just said, listen, Paige, I almost died when like my mm. house blew in, and then we got a text from A right afterwards. But she doesn't want like, to tell her about A though. But see, like Paige would have been on board like that. Granted, Paige would have wanted to be like all in, but still. Yeah, but I mean, the liars are always careful not to involve other people in A stuff if they possibly can. So I think this is part of that. But uh, it's got to be a weird situation though, because you already have like some of the other significant others are involved. It's like well, I think if 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 you're Emily in this situation, you're thinking like. I've broken up with Paige, so she's not directly connected to me. So hopefully if if I don't bring her into this, A will leave her alone. I guess, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, so cut to the grill. Spencer is at a table with Veronica. Veronica is not buying Peter's latest bullshit. She's like, all your father did was substitute one ridiculous lie for another. The show is really good about never having to show somebody tell the story. You always just yeah. get the other party's like initial response to having heard it. Mm-hmm. And Spencer says, well, maybe you change your mind if you just talk to him. Veronica's like, I don't even want to look at him right now. Spencer says, well, you're going to have to. He at least deserves to know that you're going to leave him, unless you expect me to deliver that news as well. So, obviously, this is not the right time for them to do it. But I wonder if the Hastings family still plays that high-low game. Or <laughs> was that just like a Peter and Melissa thing? Uh, who even knows? Uh, but th- that kind of lands with Veronica. Like Spencer's like, oh, by the way, you're making me like pass messages back and forth between my parents. That's pretty fucked up. Yeah. Uh, and so she, Veronica looks a little sad at this, but then she's a little annoyed because she sees Peter Hastings has just entered the grill. She's like, oh, great. Your father's here. And he kind of looks over at the two of them. And Spencer's like, I asked him to come. And then she just gets up and uh, gives her dad her chair and like walks off like totally ambushed by Spencer. And Peter and Veronica are both like forced to face each other now. They both sigh. It's kind of like reason, the like reverse parent trap. For some reason, though, like I got a brief flash when uh, Trey and Bell, sorry, I said that to be like, why would the police show up? No one no called, called them. them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Hastings Summit. And we got to Hannah's bedroom where Allison's like sitting at Hannah's desk. She's on the phone and she's just like, yeah, I got it. Okay, thanks. Hangs up. Uh, Hannah comes back in the room. Allison tells her that no con is going to pick her up at Princeton Station at 10. Um. That train station's in New Jersey, for those of us who live on the West Coast. Uh, what the hell is Noel Kahn doing in New Jersey? What is just being what is, an international man of mystery. What is anybody it's doing in New Jersey? Business. Uh, so Hannah's just like, you're taking the train? And Hannah Austin's like, no, not from here. And you take me to Newton Station at 8. And Hannah's like, no, no, I'll drive you to Princeton. I want to make sure you get there safely. My mom's out of Ted, so we can use her car. 
which well it's funny like hannah's like i want to see with my own eyes that this bitch is out of rosewood yeah but as she's still dating that jerk pastor ted jesus maybe she just tells hannah that <laughs> well she's down at the bradbury she's down at the bradbury yeah, yeah. seen married men oh uh, i love that spinoff uh, take that haunted vineyard uh so uh, Hannah starts pulling out a lot of clothes from her closet to pack for Allison, a lot of brightly colored clothes. I'm I'm wondering, is she giving her the old Hannah clothes, the one that she yeah, I think associates so. with the post-hefty Hannah entity that Mona turned her into? I think so, so yeah. Allison finds that curious. Uh, Allison is just like, Han, you don't have to give me so much. And Hannah's like, Allie, you can't just walk out of your house with a bag of clothes. And Allison's like, you're right, but I want to see my dad before I leave. I need to get a few things from my house, too. Hannah's like, well, I'll drop you off now, and then I'll go get cash for you. And just... You know, call me whenever you're ready to leave. And Hannah turns to leave, and Allison stops her. Says, "Thank you. You're really saving me, Hannah." They hug. Well, they hug, and Hannah has this very guilty look well, uh, like, over her shoulder. It's a Hannah face that just says ulterior motives. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah then tells her to come on. They leave. Uh, uh, we see that the train itinerary is still there on the shelf by the door, mm-hmm. the table by the door. Um, over at the Apple Rose Grill, Spencer's like sitting at the counter by herself. She turns back, looks at her parents. They're sitting at the table talking. She watches as Peter like just pulls, puts his hand up on the table and it kind of moves over Veronica's hand and holds it there. Veronica doesn't pull away and Spencer looks relieved like everything is going to be okay. So yeah. she gets up and leaves. Everything's going to be okay in the Hastings world. So she just heads on out. Uh, then we're back to the Fitz Palace. Arya and Ezra, they're surrounded by all these file boxes and Arya's like, okay, we need to get these boxes out of here right now. So Arya looks like she's on PCP. Like, look, she's about to turn into the Hulk. Yeah, and Ezra's like, okay, let's just slow down a second. And Arya's like, Tanner's probably on her way back with a search warrant. And Ezra's like, she's not on her way back here. And he's like so chill about this. He's Uh, way too chill. You really want to see these two go on a crime spree. Yeah. And Arya's like, well, how can you say that? I mean, she basically said that she knows Shauna was the one that shot you. She did. And Ezra's like, well, then she, why would she want to search my place? And Arya's like, because she knows that you're hiding something. That's why. Now, I'm not saying that Arya isn't overreacting because she always is. But mm. Ezra is dramatically underreacting to all of this and seems kind of douchey about it. Yeah. She keeps moving boxes around as he's just like, he's like well, there. she's going to need a whole lot more than suspicion to get a search warrant. And Arya's like, if she, come, if she does come back, she's going to find proof that you were lying about how well you knew Shauna and that Allie wasn't kidnapped. And Ezra's like, I guess I could move this stuff into my storage unit. And it's like, I can't tell if he's like faking concern right now or if he's like actually serious. Because he so, just seems so flippant. No, Arya jumps in with, wait, no, no, because it's registered in your name and they're just going to search that too. Um, Let's just put everything to my attic until we mm-hmm. find a better place. My dad's in Syracuse. Let's put all the evidence at my house. And Ezra's like, well, that's a good idea. You know, so if he's, if he's being serious, if he's being super serious, then it's almost amazing that it took to season four for Ezra's secret to come out. Well, he's like, okay, that's a good idea. Um, he's still got that envelope th- that uh, was left on his doorstep in his hand. So he opens it up. He pulls out this big sheet of paper, and he's like, oh, what is this? Or he comes over to look at it. It's a pencil drawing of a woman in front of a house. The house looks an awful lot like Allie's. This woman's uh, watering rose bushes, and there's this creepy, like, terrifying monster thing next to this woman. Uh, wielding like this giant knife and there's like a huge mouthful of teeth it, like kind of looks vaguely like venom right it looks like a like a video like game carnage like a video game demon um 
yeah like it's a, it's like standing right next to this person who we assume is jessica de Laurentiis here it's like a jagged spear yeah the, the demon's demon monster's mouth opens really really wide um so, so, so who would this be would this well, be ally would this be ken is this a picture of Arya's soul well i guess the way i interpret this is this is this is somebody's like in their mind, their their this picture, is how they perceive that person. This is how yeah. they perceive the De Laurentiis family, and it's Jessica with some monster next to her. But who is that monster? Or it's who it's, is this monster? Who is this monster? Or it's it's what the illustrator wishes upon this person. Sure, I don't know. Sure. Uh, so Arya's just like, oh my god, I think that's Mrs. Dorentis. And Ezra's like, how can you tell? And she's like, she drew well, it, Ezra. That's her house. Or he's like, because I drew it, you dumb yeah. asshole. Well, she's like, well, that's her house. That she was obsessed with roses, and she definitely wore scarves like that. Because Arya's basically Sherlock Holmes, you guys. Mm-hmm. So Ezra flips the drawing over, and on the back, in the lower right-hand corner, you see it says Bethany. Um, but one thing I find interesting about this, where it says Bethany, the the like pencil graphite is all smudged. Yeah. And so it's like maybe it's just smudged. And that me that's nothing, but maybe it's smudged because somebody erased the name that used to be there and then wrote Bethany on it. Right. Um, kind of curious. The paper is like clearly torn out of like a sketchbook. So mm-hmm. yeah, there could have been like more graphite or whatever rubbing against it, or it could have been, you know, Arya just smudged her name out. And Arya's just like, how many Bethany's do you know? And Ezra's like, just the one. And she was buried in Mrs. Dillon's backyard. And Arya's like, Ezra, who would want you to have this? And Ezra's like, and why? And Arya's like, my money is on me. I mean, A. <laughs> and then Ezra realizes something. He's like, I still have my security cameras up in the hallway. And it's like, ew. And he's like, he's going to go, you know, get get on that. As Arya's just like, ew. Well, I want him to be like, to stop and turn and be like, the security cameras are in front. I spied on you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, also, so- I have one uh, next to my bed. Would you, would you like to see last night? We could watch I have, together. I have one in the toilet, but that's not entirely about you. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Byron is still commuting up to Syracuse quite a bit, right? We just yeah. Out. So is Ella still in town? And if so, where is she staying? Well, I, I guess she has her own place, right? So did she like not get rid of her place when she she's, went to Vienna? She's just to, there with to, Mikey. To live in a castle by a lake, making mm-hmm. pastries. Um, so after the commercial, we're in Hannah's bedroom. Uh, Hannah is counting a thick wad of cash. Gonna get paid. Yeah, she's um, counting some stacks there. As Emily comes in behind her, kind of in a hurry, and Emily's a little annoyed. She's like, "Hey, did you hear me knocking?" And Hannah turns around and like tucks this money underneath the the bag, so Ali or Emily can't see it. Mm-hmm. And Hannah's like, "No, sorry." And Emily's like, "Page named names. Lucas and Melissa are working with Mona, and they're out. They're all after Allison." And Hannah's like, "Melissa? Oh my God! Have you told Spencer?" And Emily's like, "No, not yet. Where's Allie?" And Hannah's like, uh, she went home to have dinner with her dad. And Emily's like, well, I'll go tell her. And Hannah's like, no, why don't you wait until morning to do that? And Emily's like, this is too important to wait. And she shakes her head like, oh, Hannah, you're so flaky. Mm-hmm. And she's about to leave. Then she sees that train ticket on the kind of like table by the door. She picks it up. She's like, eight o'clock train. And it's like, yeah, I was thinking of visiting my grandma. Mm-hmm. And Emily's like, wrong direction, Hannah. New Jersey isn't on the way to Oklahoma. So... Just an FYI here, because I don't think we ever actually mentioned it before. Hannah's grandmother. You remember the uh, uh, Why Is Your Grandmother Singing? Mm-hmm. Because she can. That actress is Betty, Betty Buckley. Buckley. Yeah. Sister Norma Buckley. She's also a singer. We recently put out a new album. Also, she was in movies like, I believe, Carrie. 
which is a great movie. Um, so Emily looks at the bed and like storms over. She pulls up the bag, sees the wad of cash, starts inspecting the clothes in the bag. She puts it all together and she's like, Allie's leaving. And Hannah's like, no, she's not. She was going to, but I stopped her. Which is Weasley, Hannah, but I don't well, blame you because Emily looks straight up crazy right now. Well, Emily's just like, I don't believe you. And Hannah's like, Emily, wait. Okay, fine. You're right. Uh, <laughs> Emily's like, how could you let her go without telling us? And Hannah's like, it's not safe for her here. And Emily's like, like, she'll be safer all out there all alone. And it's like, it's what she wants. And Emily I, says, are you sure that's the only reason you're helping her? When uh, Hannah says it's what she wants, I would highly suggest freeze framing on Shay Mitchell's reaction to that. It is both <laughs> scary and hilarious. Yeah, there's some fierce Emily feels in this episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Hannah's like, well, what's that supposed to mean? Emily looks like so bitterly at her. She's like, your hair, your clothes, you know, a lot's changed since he, she's been back. And it's like, oh, yeah, nothing's changed with you. I saw you holding your hand last night. And Emily's like, she was frightened. She reached for me. What was I supposed to do? Slap her hand? Maybe protesting a little too much there, Em. Yeah. This is where I, I got a little frustrated with Emily for a while. Um, but, yeah, Emily looks furious. She gets ready to leave. And then Emily's like, don't you dare follow me. And she storms off for reals this time. We get some hardcore Hannah face. And I just thought, damn it, Butta Benzo. Can't you see that you're in love with each other? <laughs> Uh, Emily's just too busy being in love with uh, Allie, even though Allie's so toxic. So this next scene, I am going to go on a limb and suggest this is probably the favorite scene of the Emerson camp. Probably more favorite than like scenes of like Allison and Emily actually having sex. This, yeah. So Paige comes in back into the Rosewood High locker room there. Some other swimmers are filing out. Paige goes over to her locker. She gets out her goggles. And then she pulls out her, she pulls out her uh, swim cap. Um, but there was like a rat in that swim cap that falls out onto the floor and Paige screams and like these crazy jump cuts that like zoom in closer and closer to her. It's 100% hilarious. It's a, it's a classic horror movie shot. Also, they're mm-hmm. going to practice. I don't know what time of night this is. I guess it's not 8 PM yet, but they're going to practice. But yeah, like classic horror movie shot. I remember when this first aired, like I saw someone's tweet that made me giggle because it was just like, damn girl, you scream in kind of a funny way. <laughs> Yeah, it's these like weird jump, zooming jump cuts. Um, um, so Paige is, uh, she got a rat in her locker after she, she dropped a dime on Mona and her crew. She, she ran out of the mountain, get it? Mm-hmm. So it got to Allison's house. Uh, down the hallway, we watch as Alfred Hitchcock's shadow comes in. Oh no, that's just Allison. Uh, she walks in her house, which somehow like found a way to be creepier than it was before, which is total it's all, darkness. It's all dark and weird. She uh, turns on a single lamp in the center of the room. And like, there's not a switch she could hit. <laughs> yeah, there, no one's around. And she looks around, pulls out her phone, and calls her dad. She's like, Dad? Hey, where are you? And she's like, no, I, I didn't get your message. That's okay. Yeah, don't worry. And she's sad because basically, like, she's gonna, she's not going to get a chance to give a real goodbye here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, like, the way this is filmed, it's, like, it's kind of maddening. Like, she's in all these medium shots mm-hmm. where her, like, back is to the edge of the frame. Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, it's that feeling that like at any moment something could come out from from either side of the frame and attack her it's like she feels very vulnerable right now yeah definitely nice like horror movie vibes here yeah so she says that she'll she'll be staying over to hannah's night you know she looks sad she'll never see her dad again she hangs up she heads up the stairs we look back at that single lit lamp and then we watch as a gloved like a black gloved hand slides forward and turns it off oh shit um so meanwhile we see, a, I think, a wall of Central's bedroom that we've never really seen before. Where yeah, she's it's got in front of her desk, yeah. It's a bunch of postcards and some Paris stuff and even a Buddha head. Um, we see like her grab possibly a, a naked woman. Did you notice that at the top? Oh, no, I didn't. 
That's mm. delicious. Um, we see her grab a picture of her parents together, and then she sits down and opens up her laptop. She goes to her fake Google website page, types in Stephanie Young. Um, pretty much all the hits are about the mystery girl found in the De Laurentiis grave. So she clicks on a link for well, one. One little excerpt that's notable. Uh, Bethany Young was from Bryn Mawr, a town only 10 miles from Rosewood. While mm-hmm. details are scarce on Bethany Young, we know that she was a highly troubled teenager who likely suffered from severe behavioral episodes that may have been violent. Hmm. Yeah, and then she goes to Philly Source online as there's like a story. Um, one little funny thing in the, the story, if you read through it, like... Um, they they say that they know Allison's dental records are tampered with in order to make people believe that she was the one who was dead. So the cops are aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like down at the bottom, there's like this quote from uh, Holbrook. Where Holbrook says, for every question that gets answered, two or three more pop up. Noted a tired Detective Holbrook. He was unavailable <laughs> for further comment. <laughs> Holbrook's basically like, he's at that point when watching PLL where he's just like, oh my God, this mystery will never get answered. <laughs> Also, today's forecast in Philly, partly cloudy. Hmm. So then Spencer clicks over to the Rally Sanitarium website. Uh, the picture is pretty funny, I thought. <laughs> Some, like, just, like, silhouette of a woman in front of a lake or something. But, like, sunset or sunrise yeah. or whatever. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Then she grabs a notepad and starts writing things down. Um, what do you think she's writing down? I mean, the only thing I could think was, like, the various trustees and people on the board. Um, she's, she's, it's like she's taking notes that she sees from the website. I, she has a plan later, so mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that she's probably going to the website page of Rally website that will, like, tell her what is the qualification. Oh, the volunteers, plan. yeah. Yeah, so meanwhile, in Allison's room, uh, she's going to the closet, she pulls out a yellow scarf. I wonder if this is, a, like, a subtle call to the yellow top. Yeah, that's what I thought. Like, something initially. about yellow, the color of yellow in Allison. Yeah, it's not a, not a good color for it. Like, it's like, the powder blue is her for the most more more or less safe mm-hmm. yellow is like danger um so she tries it on the mirror then she's opening a desk in her drawer i love this part she Open takes a drawer, the drawer out desk. yeah drawer in her desk sorry takes a drawer out dumps its contents on the bed <laughs> then we see that there's a false bottom to the drawer where she pops that open there's like fake ids and cash taped up there's a small stack of cash maybe like a grand and some fake ids now these fake ids there is a new york id for mm-hmm. marnie winters and a Pennsylvania ID for Rebecca Kelly. Those are both great Hitchcock references. Yeah, so... Yeah, especially the Marnie one. Love that movie. Um, Wouldn't it be great if, like, season seven, when the girls, like, finally corner Allison, and they're just like, for goddammit, Allison, tell us the truth. Full disclosure. And she just, like, pulls out her CIA badge. <laughs> it's like, I've been deep undercover for years. Well, as I said earlier in the episode, before I'd even remembered that this was in it, like, you totally knew that Allie had... Like another ID and some cash stacks stashed oh, yeah. somewhere, you know. Yeah. Uh, and so she she takes both the IDs and the cash, puts it in her bag, zips it up. She's out of there. She's about to leave. Then she pauses and looks back at her room, kind of like one last time before she runs away again, and then Which turns the light off. Because it's it's the same thing she did before she left for school in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. So downstairs in the living room, it's pitch black again. She looks right at that lamp, the one that she. Well, she had pauses on. as soon as she gets down because it's like, whoa, it's dark now. Because she had, she had switched that lamp on, and now it's off. So she kind of pivots around slowly, looking in the darkness, calling out for Dad, hoping it's him who did that. And then we notice that A is standing right behind her. There is uh, someone in that dark hoodie approaching behind her, big fire poker in hand, and they just whack her right in the back with that fire poker. And Allie just like goes down with a cry. Uh, and then she tries to get back up, but A stands on her back, like boot to the back, pushes her back down. 
And then A reaches down and grabs that yellow scarf that she just put on by mm-hmm. both ends and yanks it, starts strangling her. Yeah. And Allie's screaming, no, and she's coughing for air. A, like, lifts her up by her neck mm-hmm. uh, and turns around, like, throttling her with the scarf. This is, like, pure dial in for murder here. I, I love this homage. Well, it is. It, it's especially interesting. Well, I'll just put this way. Like, a while back, a while back. Uh, Norbeck had Instagrammed like a shot from this scene, like with a shot from Dalian for murder, and he, mm-hmm. you know, proudly admitted that he was paying homage to this scene. But it's especially interesting this happened after Emily and Allison were watching this very scene. Yeah, this exact scene was what Emily was watching the last episode. Like cruel irony of life or something <laughs> more insidious. Um so outside, Emily, you know, pulls up in her car in front of the dealer's home. Uh on like so like frustratingly she's not in a hurry she kind of just rolls up she's very unhurried i wanted her to like get out of the car drop her keys casually pick them up a song (laughs) and then back inside ace got alley like backed over a table like throttling her this is literally the the iconic like Mm -hmm. like poster shot from dial in for murder as uh and we even have alley reach back and like find uh she finds like a letter opener rather than scissors Mm. um but she's like she loses her strength she doesn't get a chance to stab well and it's it's because allison is laid back over this desk and a is still standing it could not be more like menacingly like sexual imagery oh yeah and um, and Allie is like she, she kind of gurgles and like starts to lose consciousness she drops the litter opener and, and a just like throws her on the ground yeah uh, but just, just just then emily has picked a, a nice time to show up she hears like a glass break and she rushes in and just starts grappling with a well because also emily just lets herself into everyone's house <laughs> yeah. if your door is unlocked emily feels it's coming right on in so they're fighting. Emily is like struggling with age. Emily manages to like grab a book off a shelf and like clobber A right in the head with it. Twice. And then A like throws her against an end table. So smashing some stuff. Is this her already like fucked up shoulder that hits that end table? Um Or is no, it the other I, shoulder? I think it's the other one. <laughs> Just even her out? Yeah. <laughs> You're never swimming again. Ever. Yeah, and so then A A rushes out after they th- A throws Emily off. Uh Emily's pulling herself up. Allie's coughing, trying to get up, and Emily's just like, "Oh my god, Allie!" Yeah, Allison's like clawing at that. Emily scarf. rushes over to hold Allie, and Allie's tugging at her scarf, and Emily's just like, "It's okay." And this is totally like hashtag Emerson here. Yeah. So after the commercial, uh, we're still at the dealer's home. Emily has turned on some lights. Thank God. She says that she's calling the police, and Allison, you know, still like choking and wrapping the scarf around her neck, is like, "No, you can't do that. You can't call my father either." And Emily's like, "Allie, someone broke in your house and attacked you." And he's like, like, exactly. Yeah, exactly. If anyone knows that this happened, I'll never be able to leave. To which, frustratingly, maddeningly, mm-hmm. Emily's like, well, if you don't want anyone to know, that's fine. Yeah, but you're look, not going anywhere. At least not tonight. Allie, like, rubs her neck, and she's going to concede to uh, fierce Emily Fields here, because Emily doesn't look like she's in a, a bargaining position right now. Yeah. So then we cut to... Emily's just like, you see these eyes? Yeah. These chocolate eyes. You see these on Arya all the time? We see him on me, it's business. Yeah. Uh, then we cut to Caleb's fuck cabin. Yeah. I kind of wonder, are they just like repurposing Ezra's fuck cabin here? Because Caleb's in this weird cabin. There's like leather chairs and like a wood fireplace and like fishing poles. Like, can you, who, who the fuck knows where this place is? Like, is he squatting here? Can you imagine the LOLs of Caleb's rich mom in Montecito? Wants to get her son a place to live. Mm-hmm. She's like scrolling online and like the realtor comes back with, <laughs> oh yeah, someone's trying to unload this fuck cabin real cheap, real quick. Apparently some stuff went down. There was a breakup of sorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they just scoop it up. Um, 
Yeah, he's packing a bag by a roaring fire. There's like a screen door because uh, the real door is never shut. There's like fishing poles hung up on the wall. So we see Hannah's at the screen. There's a barometer. There's a barometer. She asks if she can come in. Caleb says, sure. Hannah comes in and says that Toby told well, her Caleb that. is like totally not enthused here. Yeah. Well, I mean, again, Cyberwolf ghost hunting hipster who lives like in a fishing fuck cabin. I don't know what's going on. Anymore. Oh, yeah, because Hannah's like, mind if I come in? And he's just like, sure. <laughs> and it comes in. She's like, uh, Toby told me I'd find you here. This is where he crashes, too. Yeah. Uh, and Caleb says, what's up? And Hannah says, I don't know. Just wanted to see you. And he just kind of gestures for her to take a seat. Um, very comfortable looking leather chairs there. Yeah, they are. Especially by a roaring fire. And so Hannah sits and sighs. And Caleb's like, something happened? And Hannah says, Allie's going to leave town tonight for good. And I was helping her. Look, whoever killed Allie's mom is still out there. And Caleb's like, I understand wanting her to go. And then Hannah says, I realize it wasn't helping her to keep her safe. Part of me wanted her gone. And Caleb says, it makes sense. You never really liked who you were when you were around her. And Hannah says, I still do. Want her gone. And Caleb says, Hannah, whatever she stirred up inside of you is not going to go away, even if she leaves. I should know. I left Ravenswood. And what happened there is still with me. It's so, so fucking haunted. Well, it's like he finally started paying attention to how brilliantly Arya can turn the subject back to herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hannah's like, what did happen? I know it's not just about you not knowing where Miranda is. And he, like, ignores that and strains he's, his he's bag. He's like, nope, not going to answer that. Well, and he strains his bag in that, that kind of gesture that says, like, what I'm doing with my hands is utterly meaningless. I'm mm-hmm. just ignoring you. Um, so she says that she hopes he decides to stay and he looks at her and then Caleb takes a swig from his flask. The dark Caleb saga. Shouldn't it, shouldn't it be like a combo flask slash flash drive? <laughs> a flask drive? I don't know. Is, is he still a cyber wolf? I don't even know. So then he offers her a swig off of it and she takes it. This is healthy. Yeah. Flash drive. Yeah, Hashtag so flash drive. Back to once more the Fitz Palace. Arya kind of plops down on a couch next to Ezra. Oh, She's nice, popping both bottled water. Nice comparison that these two are drinking bottles of water. Yeah. Just clean living for these two creeps. Mm-hmm. And Arya's like, see anything yet? And Ezra says, just you arriving at my door. And Arya just kind of sneers at this. It's like, one more time, you're just reminding her of how much of a creep you are, Ezra. Well, and he seems n- oblivious to what he's doing, you know? I don't think he's oblivious. But then she says, I can't believe you still have a camera in your hallway. She can't <laughs> believe it. Because she's like, I can't believe it, girl. Yeah, Ezra, he's like, oh, it makes sense with all the research material here. Oh. And she's just sneering. She's like, oh. Yeah, gross. And so we we see it's that same angle that he was watching Spencer and Hannah that one time last season. And Arya's like, so whoever dropped off that picture had to have done it after I arrived, but before Tanner came. Did you want Ezra to turn to her and be like, yeah, no shit? <laughs> yeah, <it> says, <laughs> yeah, now we wait. And Arya's like, you know, I've been thinking. Maybe you should tell Tanner the truth about Shauna. You know, that she was the one that shot you. Ezra's like, where is this coming from? And Ari's like, Ezra, you lied to the police. You could get into serious trouble. Because it's it's like, like, yeah, the the liars don't lie to the cops all the time. Well, so two things. Uh, Is he just like letting the footage play rather than fast forwarding so you can have more time with Arya? Secondly, I get that Ezra just told the New York cops he was mugged and then shot or whatever. But how does he explain being on top of a building of a roof that he had no business being in? Uh, Maybe the mugger let him up there. The mugger let him up there, or led, led him. him. Oh, led, led him. him. Okay. Yeah. Or Ezra's like, I thought my family owned this building. They own so many buildings in New York. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Ezra says, if I tell the truth now, they're gonna know I've been covering something up. And Arya's like, Oh God, I hate that I dragged you into this mess. But, no, 
if I tell the truth now, then they're going to know that I've been covering something up. It's his whole life philosophy in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Well, Nari's like, oh, I hate that I dragged you into this meth, like mess. Like she's treating him like he's just like this helpless little tool, you know? Yeah, he, it's quite the opposite. Like he holds her hand. He's like, you didn't. I dragged myself in it when I decided to write a book. Just reminding her of that again. Well, and hashtag, don't write books, kids. They yeah. kill. She covers his hand in her own, like, you know, like that whole, like, pumping the brakes isn't going too well for Arya. Yeah. She's, she's right back in it now. And then on yeah. screen, as he's fast forwarding, we see someone he quickly appears and, and then leaves. And he's like, Oh, do you see that? And Arya's like, No, go back. So he rewinds it and we pause. We see it's Eddie Lamb is the one who walks and leaves uh, this envelope on Ezra's doorstep. Arya's like, Do you know who that is? Which is interesting the way she asks. Mm hmm. Because uh, it's it, it, she appears to have not known who this is, or maybe she did, or maybe she, she did, and she's testing if he does. Yeah, exactly. And he says, "Yeah, it's Eddie Lamb. He works at Radley, and he's one of the people I interviewed for the book." And Ari's like, "Eddie Lamb? That's who Spencer talked to today. She said he wouldn't tell her a thing, and that it was against Radley policy." And Ezra's like, "I guess he had a change of heart." So is he gloating on getting this scoop over? Oh, Spencer? he definitely is. Yeah. Ari's like, "Okay, but why leave it for you, and not Spencer?" Well, he has no answer to that. And personally, I think we're all a little disappointed, Eddie, for going to Ezra rather than Spencer. Yeah, what the fuck, Eddie? Or is like, cut back to season three. Is this why, like, Eddie was always so cagey around Spencer? Like, it wasn't because it ran. It was because, like, this asshole was, like, interviewing him at the same time. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so go to Emily's bedroom. Yeah, we're going to have the big liar meet up here. Um, it's Allie's up. talking to Emily and Spencer. They're the ones here right now. And Allie says, it wasn't A. I mean, whoever it was could have killed me and chose not to. And Spencer says, who would want to scare you like that? And Emily's like, Lucas, your sister. Spencer's like, Melissa? And Emily's like, she's part of Mona's gang. So I guess we got that out of the way. So, or, I mean, Allison could have been like, I don't know, on first guess, probably everyone ever. Yeah. Um, it it Allison- always comes back to Melissa Hastings. Always, yeah. Allison's like, look, we don't know who it is. It was too dark to see anything. And then Arya comes running in. She sees Allison. She rushes over and hugs her. Arya asks how this could have happened. And oh my Emily's God, like, how could this happen? Emily is like, it happened because she was alone. It happened Hannah because wasn't he left her. Jack. Yeah, Hannah wasn't with her. Which fuck off, Emily. That's a little rude. It's a little, a little harshly throwing. Emily's pretty pissed at Hannah in this episode. Um, this is like I said, this is the stretch where I got really annoyed at Emily. Um, Spencer's like, where is Hannah, by the way? And Emily's like, I didn't call her. She was going to help Allie leave tonight. Just more dissension in the ranks here. It's never it's, a good sign. Such an argument, both like, what? And Allie's like, don't be pissed at her. What happened is just more proof that I should go. We're no closer to figuring out who A is. Which might be true. And Ari's like, that might not be true. And she pulls out that drawing of Allie's mom and hands it to Allie. And Ari says, Eddie Lamb gave this to Ezra. And Spencer's like, Eddie? What the fuck? Yeah. And Ari's like, yeah. Uh, so Spencer and Emily get up, like crowd around behind Allie and look at this drawing. And Emily's like, "Who's it supposed to be?" And Allie's like, "It's a drawing of my mother." And she's pretty upset by this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Ari's like, "We think that Bethany drew that while she was in there." And Allie's like, "So they did know each other," which is kind of an interesting thing to say. Yeah. And Emily says, "Doesn't look like Bethany liked your mom too much." Spencer's like, "Really? What gave it away? Was it the demon or the spear? Oh, what did well. Eddie say?" And Ari's like, he did, and he left it anonymously. Ezra still has a camera in his hallway, and we saw it on video. No. <laughs> and then we watched the camera from his bedroom. That's why it took me so long to get over here. <laughs> I really should have showered before I came. Mm-hmm. Sorry about the stink. Um, Emily's like, I don't get it. Why would Eddie leave that for Ezra? As much as, like, Eddie wants us to know that there's something to look at and into at Rally. So that would imply 
Sutra's saying Sutra doesn't care. The information got to her, but mm-hmm. like she's implying that Eddie knows about Ezra and his connection to his students, <laughs> one of which he was having sex with. Emily's like, well, one of us has to get in there. And Arya immediately yells, I vote Spencer. <laughs> I love that. Well, like, like, Arya's really like got it out for Spencer in this episode. And Spencer just throws like, what the fuck, Claire, at Arya. And Arya's like, what? You know the place the best. Spencer's like, I can't go back in there. I was committed. And Emily's like, and her dad helped Toby's family win a settlement against Radley. And so Spencer looks back at Arya and she's like, I think I have a way in. And then Arya gets a little nervous. Yeah. But before she can get more nervous, Allie gets a text. And the text says, see how easy it is for me to kill you? If you leave Rosewood, I will. A. Well, yes. Allison's like stands up, reads the message out loud to everyone. And Arya's like, I don't get it. For two years, A's been hunting you down like a warrior cat. And now... And Emily's like, A wants you alive and in town. And Arya's like, but why? And Sentra's like, well, but what's worse than death? Oh, shit. Allison's future is so bright, she's got to wear shades. And they all just ponder like the horror of the answer to that question. Um, but yeah, so here's where it gets confusing. For two years, A has been hunting her down. Who? Mona? Shauna? This other A? Who? Yeah, we don't know when this other A started. We don't know who it is. You know? it's, like I said, it's kind of funny when these various roles splinter into multiple people. And when it's just easier to think of them as like a unified big uh-huh. bad boogeyman. Um, so after the commercial, Emily's bedroom, the others are gone. It's just Emily and Allie on the bed and the porno music is playing. Allison's well, like, it's like some chick rock is playing right now. Allison's like, I never thanked you for what you did tonight. And Emily's like all bashful. Oh, I didn't do anything. And Allison's like, you risked your life for me. Em. Most people see danger and they run the opposite direction as fast as they can. So and it's like, it's like an army me. commercial. Like, I feel like there was like a recent like comic book movie or something where it was like the same basic idea of like, you know, somebody who runs towards danger. But I just can't think of what that's a reference to. Are you saying that Emily's Captain America? Basically. So uh, Emily starts to get up, but she keeps like looking at the bed and she's like, it's getting late. Do you want me to take you home? She's like kind of rubbing her hands, kind of like, eh, you know. This is definitely something Emily's not running towards. Yes and no. I think she's a little excited, a little scared, a little excited, mm-hmm. a little scared. Um, Allison's like, I don't want to be alone tonight. Can I just stay here? We'll just sleep. I well, the, after she says that, Emily's just like, her brain's like overloading. And then Allie's like, we'll just sleep. I promise. And Emily's like, yeah, yeah, of course. This is like how every like, like cop, like thriller, like starring like, like Al Pacino and Ellen Barkin went in the 80s um nice shot as allison lays across the bed in the foreground in the background we see emily like standing above her like moving pillows out of the way then covering her up like then like the music's playing i can't remember what the chorus is but it's uh, uh the chorus is i'm a fool for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, as emily has covered ally up ally's kind of like facing away like on her side and emily's just standing there staring like well shit and then we kind of get these uh kind of time-lapse cuts of like you know later on that night emily's just lying next to Allie, like still in her clothes on top of the bed not asleep you cool. know and then she's sitting up and then she's sitting in another position it's like the whole night emily didn't sleep she just sat or lied next to Allie, wide awake like her brain frying her head fucked yeah mm-hmm. uh great sequence so the next day we're at the rear window brew veronica's in the liar's nook uh she's reading an article on her tablet that has the headline open grave still holds secrets uh, Spencer shows up. Veronica got her like banana nut muffin. Veronica asks if Toby's coming. Spencer says no. You know what's interesting is the um the picture on that article is the picture from Allie's dug up grave, not the uh the hole in the the, the Hastings. Well, I think backyard. Well, I think the 
the Mrs. D thing is like what, like a week and a half old. Like the new mm-hmm. thing is is Bethany Young. Yeah, yeah. So Spencer says no. That Toby went with his stepmom over to the house see if anything survived the fire. Um, like maybe Jenna's sunglasses. Veronica asks Spencer to communicate that if there's something that she can do for them, let her know. So Veronica's phone rings and she's like, "Hi, I'm a Spencer at the Brew. I'll be there around noon. I still have to get our stuff. Check out the hotel first. Okay, bye." Spencer's been listening in and she's just like, "Was that Dad?" And Veronica's like, "It was." And Spencer's like, "Are we moving back home?" She's well, getting Spencer's excited. Like, she's getting so happy and excited. Veronica's it's coming, Spencer. Yes. Brace yourself. And she's like, "Yes," but she sees how excited Spencer is. And well, she's Spencer like, like gasps for joy. Yeah, and Veronica's like, but your father's moving out. We decided Ooh, it was there best goes for the everyone. And Ron- Spencer's like, you both decided this? Veronica nods her head. And Spencer's like, I don't understand, though. I thought you said everything went well, that you believed him, that he was telling the truth. And Veronica's just like, I do. And Spencer's like, so? And Veronica, and Veronica says, honey, leaving your dad isn't about one lie. It's about years of them. <laughs> what can I say, Spencer? I tell a few fibs. Uh, Spencer's like, I thought you guys were happy. And Veronica's like, we were some of the time. Spencer's like, mom, can't you please, please just give him one more chance? And Veronica says, oh, honey, I already have too many. Mm-hmm. And Spencer just cries like that was just like a total kick in the face for breakfast there. Well, in Peter's defense, they had an arrangement and it's mm-hmm. not like he faked his death and drove Veronica to literal madness. But yeah, Spencer looks like she's about to evaporate into tears. Yeah. Meanwhile, walking to school, Hannah comes across the Travis. He's reading at oh. the picnic table out front. Hold on, hold on. So Hannah is wearing black boots, a long black skirt, a gray t-shirt, and a fashiony type jacket that has like a drab army jacket color. <laughs> There's like a weird necklace talisman or something. If you were to throw in a skull of a tiger covered in glitter on her, she UBR. would be straight up, straight up dressed as Arya. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she kind of, she sees Travis and pauses for a second and then it's like, nah, I got to do this. Walks over. She says, Hey, Travis is high, but he, he barely even looks at her and just goes back to reading his book. And Hannah's like, Hey, what, what are you doing for lunch later? Do you want to eat with me? My treat? And he's like, uh, I can't. I got things to do. This cowboy asshole. And Hannah says, look, I'm sorry for not calling you back last night. There's just, there's been a lot. And Travis cuts her off and he's like, going on. Right. And Hannah's like, yeah, I mean, with Allie back, and Trout says, Caleb, when I saw him this morning at the grill, I figured that's why he'd been so distracted. And Hannah says, well, it's not the only reason. And Trout says, well, I'll give you one less thing to worry about. And he just stands up and leaves. And Hannah's like, Travis, wait. And Trout says, I can't keep doing this if you're only in it halfway. Like, so she, too much for that. She ponders it for a second. Then I want her to be like, no, no, you're right. I get it. I told You're totally right. Off you pop, John Wayne. Yeah, she has no response, so he just leaves, and it's like, and so long to Travis. Back to the hoedown with you. Too bad there wasn't a literal sunset for him to ride his tow truck off into. Mm-hmm. I mean... <sighs> At least they did get a free tow job out of him. Oh, why doesn't this guy and his horse just, like, he rode in on just, like, fuck the hell off. Um, So, meanwhile, Radley, administrator is, like, meeting with somebody. The lady's, like, looking at a file, and she's like, you have a great school record, and we are looking for volunteers, but we need, we need you to know that our patients can be challenging, even aggressive at times. Are you sure you'd be comfortable working in this environment? And the camera slowly pans around to reveal she's talking to Arya. <laughs> Arya Montgomery. Arya's dressed fairly uh, sensible. She has, like, a... Like a black top that's only weird feature is a giant zipper up the middle of it. She looks radiant and glowing. Like she's well, she a has funeral. a she has like a a normal necklace on that just has like a little small pendant. Yeah, she she's very she's like hair is up. She's like so prim and proper, you know. 
this is how somebody would would normally dress for a funeral, I think. Yeah, and Arya's just like, I'm comfortable, nodding enthusiastically. Arya is undercover in the madhouse, yo. Oh, yeah. That's a dangerous game when you're Arya. You never know, and they just might not let you out. (laughs) Uh, So we go to Allie's house. Allie exits her door, and we see Emily's waiting for her with the car, and Allie's like, oh, thanks for stopping here. So... I'm glad that Emily is acting as Allison's bodyguard and chauffeur because I like that show. I, mm-hmm. I'm sure Allison never learned to drive while she was on the run. You gotta but, wonder. She she can fly planes with yeah, a mask on her face on. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't want to ride around if a seriously sleep deprived Emily Fields. <laughs> I wonder if Allie does know how to drive. That's a good question. Um, so Allison, she's like she's going around in the passenger seat. Just then, Tanner's car pulls up parks behind them and then he's like what is she doing here and allison's like i don't know tanner gets out of the car smile on her face very confident strut and yeah, ellie I'm... ellie attempts to put on a, a warm smile but isn't trying too hard yeah well she's she's pretty bubbly like, hi and tanner's like well, but like it fades girl. immediately yeah good morning girls well so i think allison realizes that uh tanner's the real deal yeah like you can't bullshit tanner like you can bullshit you know holbrook or, or learn the confusion um so she's like good morning girls is your dad home and allison's like you just missed him he left for work a minute ago and, and she's asks, like just playing it so coy and innocent and then tanner's just gonna throw it right back she's like well oh yeah allison's like is there anything i can help you with and he's like well actually there is i would like it if you came <laughs> down to the station later if your dad answered some questions and now it's like about what and tanner says your childhood friend Shauna Fring. I always wanted like their voices to each get higher as they escalate <laughs> this. Well, <laughs> Allie, <laughs> Allie kind of frowns and only just like sucks in her breath. And Allie's like, I, I can't believe she's gone, which is like well played by Allie. And then well, Emily Allison, kind of catches on to this and she's like, yeah, it's so sad. Well, Allison and Emily have to look hilarious to Tanner now as mm-hmm. they look so stumped and are trying to find the right emotion to play in their lives. <laughs> it's like, like Tanner's just thinking like, does anyone in this fucking town like tell the truth <laughs> tanner's just like so much tragedy for such a small town <laughs> and ali says if there's anything i can help you with and tanner says well we were hoping that you could tell us where you were the night she died and ali's like i already where did you were. where you were yeah yeah where you were uh and ali's like i already did i was in philly with the girls and it's like maybe a little too cute and yeah. tanner's like specifically where in philly and the girls are just kind of like hmm and Tanner's like, you know, that kind of thing. Well, tell your dad to give me a call. She hands the, them her card and she walks back to her car. And the girls are just like looking ominously at each other. And then Allie gets another text and she reads it for us. says, time for the caged bird to sing. A. Yeah, she reads it out loud. They're tippy as A. I really wonder if there's a difference between like A's text being either red or black. I don't think there is. Um. Then again, Emily, Emily in this episode is why I want these girls to be able to like let let out like expletives because she just has a look in her face like fuck me, you know. <laughs> yeah, really. So the A tag, we see some funeral flowers. Then sitting on a table is a note that says, "My deepest condolences." A. And we see some black gloves hands reach in. Although these gloves are definitely more dainty. Those are, I mean, they they seem to be ladylike hands, unless it's a, a man with very small hands. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the, they put the note in a little envelope and then we kind of jump cut to see that the note has been stuck into the flower arrangement. Uh, it says parents of Bethany Young on it. Mm-hmm. And then when the camera moves over and we see the Black Widow, the Black Veil, just kind of adjusting the veil on her head. And then she moves over and picks up the flower arrangement. 
So, I mean, I feel like A and Black Widow person are the same person. I feel like the last episode kind of confirmed that. I mean, yeah, I suppose yeah. there could be two, but it seems like it's the same person. Oh, no, I feel like this episode is kind of maybe reminding you that of that. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But like you said last week, this is really like part two of that episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the next week's episode is The Silence of E. Lamb. <laughs> um, I try to keep track of these things, so if I'm mistaken, let me know. But I believe this was one of Natalie's favorite episodes, if I remember correctly, right? Mm-hmm. Natalie, let us know. Um, I think this is the one that she was saying that she was really looking forward to us finally getting to. And now we have. Um, yeah. yeah, the next episode is Brian Holdman, written and directed by Joshua Butler. Uh, um, yeah. This was Run Alley Run, another fun episode. We see the the kind of the new paradigm is that Allie can't leave. Like A is just gonna toy with Allie now. A yeah. doesn't want her dead. A just wants to play. Allie can't leave town. So that kind of puts the kibosh on her running away again, at least for now. Well, like throughout most of the show, I've always wondered like what could have been so fucking horrible that this person mm-hmm. would take on this game to (laughs) enact some kind of elaborate revenge. It made sense that A was trying to find Allison when she was on the run to kill her. But now that Allison's back, it's even better because this psychopath just wants to toy with her like she's a ball of yarn. Mm -hmm. Well, and and potentially get her implicated and say like Shauna's murder or something else, you know, he's he's just going to turn up the heat on that. Well, the usual A game, though. Or Bethany just, Young's murder. You know. Yeah, or the usual A game of just enjoying the girls and their own guilt mm-hmm. as these legal proceedings, you know, go on. Yeah, so that was the episode. Um, we got another review from Scott1124. Thank you, Scott, on iTunes. Left us a review. He likes the podcast. We're glad you like it. Hope um, you enjoy this one. Yeah. Wanted to thank you, th- say thanks to, I hope I'm not leaving one now, Brooke, Shay, Crystal, Rachel, the new fringe, and Nally for the mention of the last episode. Really glad that you guys don't mind that they're getting longer. You too, Yuan. Um, so sorry that we couldn't add on an extra hour to this <laughs> one. Um, also, Kendra says that hands down, Marco Sparks is Anna and Benji is Elsa. That is true. You're always bothering me to build a fucking snowman. This is true. Or bury a body. Um, also, this is completely unrelated to that. In case you're wondering, I have discovered that, yes, there is a Tumblr out there that is devoted to Illuminati symbolism in PLL. <laughs> also, we got a comment from uh, Crystal on our website page. Interesting comments about Hannah and kind of her identity. Uh, I think the, the, the highlight here is that we know that uh, Hannah was kind of remolded into an Allison-type bean by Mona. But Allison herself is sort of like a copy of Cece. That or at least somewhat that seems to be what we've seen there, and and we don't really know like who is Allie herself. Allie's just been on the run for two years. It's like what what is her own personality, and how much did she just learn from CC? And is is there a real Allie, or is she just a collection of different lies and personas? Well, I think it's it's obvious that Allison is Don Draper. Yeah, uh, and so it's like Hannah's like a copy of someone who isn't even real, which is yeah. even more depressing. Yeah, um, but. Yeah, I mean, this, it's this past so season's de- a little tough for, for the Hannah fans, just because this is, Hannah's having a, a dark moment here. It's so depressing that it might even lead you to alcoholism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, thanks uh, to Crystal for leading that comment. That was a, a nice little expansion on 
it's it's we always like every time I listen to one of our episodes, there's always like a million things I I wished I'd brought up. You know, it's hard to remember everything when we're doing it. Yeah. Um. So definitely appreciate that. Yeah. If, thank you, everyone. If you'd like to leave a, a comment on our website page yourself, you can go to broswatchpll2.com. You can find us on Twitter. We are at broswatchpll2. And you'll never know which one of us is replying because we both use it. Mm-hmm. I think there was one time where I logged into the Twitter account. I saw in the notifications somebody had asked a question and I responded foolishly without realizing that you had also responded. <laughs> Well, I, I like to think that our, our our hardcore fans they can tell who it is. Oh, I don't even, I don't even want to know. I don't even mm-hmm. want to know what they think about us individually because that scares the shit out of me. Though, feel free to let us know because we're also very vain. Let it um, go. But yeah, like uh, like a, you never really know who we are. <laughs> One of us is beach hotting, the other's board shorts or something. Mm-hmm. Red coat. Yeah, black veil, black widow. Hey, do you want to talk about the PLL video game? We were a little short this week. Are we short? Do you want? Uh, to? By which I say we're an hour and a half going on so far. Um, yeah, I mean I'm worried that we could talk for about forty five minutes, but uh, I would love to. You know, I'd love to. So this is this is my concept that I was thinking of, and this is somewhat inspired by the after Ellen, uh, the Heather Hogan did a little thing where it was um, like take a, the Myers Briggs personality test basically, and like see which which liar you are or which of the other characters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so 16 total people. And I was thinking if you could do design a game where you're over the first kind of like 10% of the game, maybe you're, you're faced with, you have to make various choices about things. And those choices would secretly be answering the Myers-Briggs personality test. It'd be kind of disguised questions. Okay. And so after you've completed that portion of it, and it wouldn't just be like a quiz. This would just be like in the gameplay. Mm-hmm. After you've completed that, the game kind of figures out, you know, oh, you're this personality. And then it, based on that, it generates, you know, who A is, who the murderer is. It kind of like generates a, a, a narrative out of that, like based on like, you know, 16 characters. It, it kind of like it reorganizes it based on like what personality type you choose. So it's all different depending on how you play it. So the, I'm basically playing against Skynet. Yes. <laughs> so that if, if you answer in a way where you're like, say, like a, an you know, INTJ or something, you're going to get one type of like mystery, like, you know, it'd be like the red herring, the killer, A, like the A's helper, that kind of thing. I like but that. if you answer the questions in a different way, you're going to get a different narrative. I mean, that'd be a lot of work writing wise, but I feel like that would be a really interesting gameplay thing where like each time you play, it, you could get a different result. I like that. Uh, the notes that I have are based off a conversation I think you and I had on a road trip jesus like months mm-hmm. ago i have i have these notes written down from like the beginning of september um so i know we talked about like should it be a console game versus a mobile game i i like the console game that'd be amazing but i was going to say it should be a mobile game that would fit the demograph for the that would, show that but would I, I would love like a just would, a big big budget oh, I, like I, console I, game i agree but like it would fit just like the idea of what pll is too true so uh there would be like in-app purchases like buying like new wardrobes for the main girls just so you could pitch it to whoever would develop the money to put the game <laughs> the money up to develop the game that is how you make money sure, sure but there's like a main quest storyline that you can like switch out which of the liars you know you play which is like best suited for each mission like questioning folks gaining info following somebody but as you like talk to people you pick up options for what you'll say like there's for a lack of a better description like a bullshit meter that you're playing well, against. Oh well, yeah, like so if I, you, I would see it as having a few meters. I think you have your uh, your like your charm meter. Let's call it. 
Okay. You have your like sketch meter and then you have your, you know, cray cray meter. Okay. And those go up or down based on things that happen to you and various, uh, like reactions you get from people. And I feel like, you know, you, the, the more you lie to someone, like the, the more your sketch meter goes up. But like, right, if right. you have like a high charm factor, like that, that still helps you out. But to me, I, what I think would be really neat is if you arranged it so that you had all these tasks you had to do, like, cause you have to study. If, you know, if you want a boyfriend, you have to like devote time to that. Uh, you have to investigate. You have all these extracurriculars and you design it so that there's no way you can actually do everything you're supposed to do. So you're always going to be deficient in some category. So or basically other. you're a teenager. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But oh. you make it, you make it so it's impossible. Like, like maybe you don't devote any time to like fashion and getting nice clothes. And that means that like you're not going to be as charming and like people are going to start making fun of you and getting bullied or something where right. if you throw too much into that, then your school's going to suffer and you're not going to get good grades. Yeah, I think like people can throw shade at you or throw like like lines at you, and like maybe you have like if you have a good like comeback, you can deflate that. But if mm-hmm. not, like you know you make Hannah face and like your 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 <laughs> meters go down. But like each girl like I broke down has each like side quest storylines they have to complete. There's like possibly like a following or like sneaking around like a stealth quotient to the game. Oh yeah, as, I can see that. As well as like talking to people, interrogating them, maybe physical puzzles. Um, well, I think if your if your cray cray meter gets too high, you get shipped off to Radley, and then you have well, to find a way out of there. So I was gonna say because we were doing the Dark Spencer storyline when I wrote these notes down that I think the storyline of the game basically follows like season three, though I think you could do some season five stuff, starting with like Mona being in Radley and then being released halfway through the game to complicate matters. Doesn't quite do the story, Dark Spencer storyline because that's one of the things you're afraid of that you could very well end up in Radley. Well, that, um, that any of you could, yeah, if you if you get too crazy. Um, but well, then, this like, is this Radley, the way I would program it would be that like there are a lot of like conditions where you just lose. Like it's right. like you get to a certain point and it's like, nope, A just killed one of your friends. You lost. You have to start all over again now. And so you really have to think about how to manage things to stay on top of everything. Like, I, I want you to be kind of insane and paranoid while you play the game. Well, and I think one of the things, too, is that the game makes clear to you that, like, you don't want to be committed. You don't want to be committed. You don't want to be committed. And then at some point in the game, it's like, you have to be committed mm-hmm. to get the clues you need from Radley. <laughs> you know, it's like, I almost want it to be like a Kafka-esque thing where the rules change halfway Well, yeah, the I, game. I, I want it to be, like, you're, you, you can never, like, because in a game like, say, Skyrim, there's, like, ways where you can figure out, like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, max out my, like, armor and, and my weapons and, like, I'll just be unstoppable. But, like, this is a game where you can never do that. You can never overload in one category or else it'll just hurt you in another. And right. you're you're always stressing out and, like, trying to keep up. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so much, like, potential for this game. I I would think that you that there would be an audience for this game. I mean, maybe you don't put the kind of money into development that you put into, like, a GTA but, I wish I knew anything about programming video games because I feel like it would be a, a really interesting thing to do, and especially like make it kind of, like hard, uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> where, like and and where you can like straight up lose and not just like go back to your last save, like well, so you you might have to play it several times to you know get a victory condition, or maybe there isn't one. Maybe there's always just another A behind the A, and it just keeps oh. going and going. And maybe like downloadable content, like I mean, because like uh, even Angry Birds can do like you download new missions constantly, like do sure, that sure. PLL, like the game never ends. Um, but like, I know when I was growing up, when I was a kid, there was that kind of idea that girls don't play video games. They don't read comics. They don't like science. It's more probably when we were in our teens. Like when I was, 
like when like the 8-bit Nintendo was out, like me and my sisters played that all the time. It wasn't nearly as gendered as it got. Uh, well, it was funny older. is that there was that kind of idea like societally, but like at home, you were playing it with, like yeah. your sisters. So well, you it, was, it wasn't true. And it was like a like, it was a marketing thing. I mean, I, I, there's actually a great article. I think Polygon did it, kind of describing like how video games became as gendered towards like teenage boys as they were because they weren't always that way but basically like the marketing said we're going to focus on this segment and it just got worse and worse and that's how you get all this like gamergate bullshit now yeah and all these like like these people like lucas and their ethics and video game journalism shit well and i can definitely see like this would be a, a perfect kind of uh game that you can pick up on your cell phone and play a little bit and then yeah. save and go back later but like just imagine like and a big open world game where you're just running around the Rosewood in full 3D, like that would be amazing. Well, and and think about this, people. Though I mean, like this has been the past few weeks in the world has been a big thing where we really look at like the hard truths about social injustice. There's a Kim Kardashian mobile game and not a Pretty Little Liars one. That <laughs> That's is an not injustice. right. Yeah. That is not right. Uh, but yeah, I think Lucas would be your character in game, who's like the mouthpiece for like the Adam Baldwin set. You know, <laughs> you have to defeat him. Every chance. Well, I think, you know, sometimes Lucas would turn out to be A's helper. Sometimes he wouldn't. Maybe sometimes he dies, you know, oh. and, I, and he could just keep remixing it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what a fun game this would be. And, but yeah, like, you're a fool if you don't think that, like, both genders would love this game. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, I, I do, I, I kind of wonder if, like, I don't know, hardcore gamers, they, they do their own thing, but some of these games after a while that are out, it kind of gets boring after a while. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I've been playing like the Borderlands pre-sequel because I, I played Borderlands too like a ton, but like I'm kind of bored of it. Like and I haven't even finished it. Like it's just like more of the same. Like you can imagine an open world game like Grand Theft Auto where you aren't just running around shooting people and you have to be more creative. I, right. I think you could do some really neat things. Um, and of course, if you could get any sort of voice work from the actors, that'd be well, great. Especially Nolan North, the <laughs> Tom yeah, Nolan North of video game voices. Oh man. Like, and it, it would be fun to have, like, because on the show, like, we get the occasional moments where it's like, oh, here's like an Aria Peter Hastings scene or something. Right. But in a video game, you could totally mix it up and have all sorts of interactions that you hadn't gotten on the show. Well, I think we talked about this before, and Amanda had commented on the website, like, like she could totally get behind, like, an 8-bit PLL game. Oh, that'd be awesome, yeah. Well, I, mean, I, mean, like, I think that'd be what the phone game is, basically. Yeah, I think you take the graphics up just a little bit more. Because, like I said, mm-hmm. I had GTA 3 on my phone, and, like... I played it and it looked great. It looked like the, the console game. Yeah, yeah. I think you can do graphics easy of that caliber. It doesn't have to be much better. You know, roughly open world Rosewood setting. I don't think you're going mean, to, I don't know, maybe for like four ninety nine, you can download like the nightmare Ravenswood level. <laughs> That'd be cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I think there's so many opportunities to make a neat video game that not just teenage boys would want to play. Right. And I, I think, a lot of games talk of like they're like Mass Effect is like oh you're gonna have to make all these decisions it's gonna affect the flow of the game, and it kind of does a little here and there but not really. But I think you could do really neat things making a mystery game where the mystery is like constantly getting remixed based on how you play it. Right. Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my idea for a PLL video game. Our idea, I should say. Yeah. Um, we would love to play it. Yeah, I mean, that's the big thing. Is we would love to play this. Somebody, please, God, make this happen. <laughs> uh, just you could be Hannah running around bocking people on the head with dodgeballs. Oh. Then, like, your sketch meter keeps going up, and yes. pretty soon nobody trusts you. Yes. Like, blinding people of, like, Arya's, or, like, hypnotizing people of, like, Arya's <laughs> fashion. And these, like, super agile. I mean, you could have, like, uh, do you remember, like, in Street Fighter 2, 
there'd be that occasional inner level thing where it's like, Guile, beat oh, up yeah. this car, you know? <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, you could do so many things. You could do all sorts things. of mini games. I mean, you could even, if you want, make it educational. It's like, oh, you have to study now or else your grades are going to suffer. So answer these questions. Oh, yeah. There could be like a whole, tr- like, a, like a history trivia thing. I mean, you could literally put, uh, God damn, I keep saying literally. You, you shouldn't say literally in the game as much. Maybe you like dock points for that. But like you could put Spencer and Mona in the academic decathlon, like trivia. Oh, yeah, off. totally. <laughs> Which you, you lose and your cray meter goes up. Well, like you, you either have to win it through, uh, uh, like just being smart and like knowing the facts, or like through like seducing the guy asking the questions. No, that's a bad <laughs> idea. Never mind, that's a bad idea. <laughs> but yeah, even like the diet thing. I don't think Andrew be... thinks it's a bad idea. No diet, or Andrew loves it. Like side food. Well, yeah, even I mean, you know what they eat and and how they dress. You know, like you dress too nice, maybe you start getting like slut shamed or something, and. All the interactions of like, you know, you get to pick a boyfriend and all that. But yeah, you could, like I said, in-app purchases, you could buy wardrobes. You for could the buy character. a boyfriend. I don't see why you couldn't work out something. I don't know. Maybe you'd have to have like a huge staff working in the game where you basically describe within certain parameters the outfit you want. And for a slightly like 99 cents more, they design it for you. That sounds like a lot of work. I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. Arya's like uh, like wolf Patronus could like exit or tiger Patronus could like <laughs> exit her shirt and attack her villains or her enemies. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel uh, like the game would be a lot of running away. <laughs> yeah. And like hiding from A. Like A would just show up periodically to like scare the shit out of you. And if, oh, you, if you don't react appropriately, you like you die or, or something happens and like game over, you have to start over. Yeah, I think like maybe your only real confrontation of A is like like physically is when... A, you come home and like A is like strangling the life yeah, yeah. and and you have to basically just beat A off. It's not about beating A. It's about beating A off. That sentence did not sound Yeah, right. there, there wouldn't be like a final like fist fight with A. You would have to somehow unmask A. It would be your victory. Yeah, you have to trump them in this chess game mm-hmm. that's called for the liars. So, uh, someone yeah. needs to make that happen. Yeah, seriously. Alright, well we'll be back next time to talk about the silence of E. Lamb. Until yeah. then, have a good one.